Streaming live from the beautiful city of Hollywood, Florida, USA. This is SoFloRadio.com. Every two or three days, he would do something to make you just kind of scratch your head and say, man, I don't know if I saw that right, you know. Was the first superhero of my generation. Something mythical about everything that he did. Tony made it really known that, hey man, I'm going to be number one and that's it. Tony was Mick Jagger. He was the radical. He was the front man. He was printing. He was doing the show. It was like a, you know, a rocket ship that was fired out of a cannon. He was excitement incarnate. He was untouchable. All we saw was a man doing things that we had no idea were humanly possible. Tony had a real strong personality, and when you hung around Tony, you were pretty much hanging around the Tony show. The things he did were so incredible and so unbelievable that people want to talk about them. People want to keep that stuff alive. There was always the idea that potentially he could do something that would be completely unbelievable. Tony was probably the first person who told me what the word ego meant. We all had big egos, but Tony's was bigger than all of ours put together. One of the last... Well, how can I describe this? The information about him was anecdotal, that you wouldn't necessarily see the things you heard about them, but there was kind of like this legendary kind of like Paul Bunyan description around him. If a person has a big ego, they better be able to back it. And like Tony could back his ego. You don't achieve those levels of, of your art unless you do have an ego. And the stories were always very vivid because not only were they amazing, they were often very weird. I saw him, myself, jump over a Volkswagen. I saw it. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sisters, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, sisters, let's go down, down to the river to pray. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Brothers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, brothers, let's go down, down to the river to pray. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, fathers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, fathers, let's go down, down to the river to pray. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sisters, let's go down. Let's go down, come on down. Oh, sisters, let's go down, down to the river to pray. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sinners, let's go down, let's 
let's go down, come on down. Oh, sinners, let's go down, down to the river to pray. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way. Who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. studio by the master of production engineering who makes sure that our group remains satiny smooth. He's a Forge 90 Nobel laureate and a man who for the last four and a half years has been the magic carpet upon which my broadcast dreams have been allowed to fly me, compadre, Alas Georges. Forges rhymes with Georges. There it is, baby Forge 90. Of course, every Groovathon is firmly rooted in an attitude of gratitude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mucho mahalo to everybody tuning in live and downloading the show here in America and around the world. We did it. A hundred. How you doing, Palo Mine? Happy centennial. Happy uh, centennial. We know a word. We know a word the president doesn't know because he doesn't know what centennial is. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> when he was signing the thing for the coin? Oh, that's How come right. nobody did it sooner? How come <laughs> nobody, uh, right, nobody uh, how come right Obama didn't sign the centennial? Uh, yeah. You know? I swear Man. to God, it's, I can't believe that we actually got... That we pulled we, it off? Yeah, that we've yeah. done a hundred of these shows, man. I mean, you know, it's... No, that it always goes that way. People, uh, people like the, 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 you know, the, the cast of MASH, you know, they say, oh, you didn't know it was going to be a hit. Yeah. You know, like that, so... Yeah, I mean, I just... 
I remember when it was, we had done like maybe three, four shows. And uh, so I'm dating guy, myself using MASH as a reference. I remember, <laughs> you know, but I, this guy who's been in the radio business for a long time, this guy named Don McLeod, he was with KTU for years, still a friend of mine, just podcasting. He said, let me tell you something. You you won't recognize your the third show once you've done the 10th. And you won't recognize the 10th show once right. you've done the oh, 50th. Yeah. And you yeah. won't recognize... 50th show. Sure. Okay. Once you've done the 100th show. Have you gone back? Like, and- 100th. I did. I went back and listened, listened to the first one. I did. Yeah. I listened to a few. But there's actually a couple of tracks in this show that I played on the very first show. You know? Still. Yeah, man. But Smart, I, a lot smoother now. It is. Well, we, we've done. We've taken more pride in the, uh, constr- the set construction. That's for sure. You know? I mean, look. At the end of the day, I'm the luckiest guy on the planet. Okay, if that I mean lottery winners ain't got nothing on me, and the proof is that we've, you know, I'm sitting here with you. I mean, I fell ass backwards into greatness with you. Ah, oh, shucks. Well, the luck cup runneth over. Uh, all, all on to me. Yeah, man. You know, hey, please, any extra luck? Yeah, all well, yours, pal. I'm, I'm mopping it up. Oh, I couldn't be happier. I'll tell you, this show. You know, just like all, all the other end of year, you know, not McGroove and Gratitude shows, it's kind of, it's like the hardest one for me to put together in terms of the sets of music because I obsess even more than normal. And I obsess a lot normally, but it's the easiest one for me to script as far as, you know, the yakety yak stuff because I don't, I'm not going to any news events. It's all about people I know, stuff they've done. The, the stuff that, that's been great in our lives. So I can just do this off the cuff. The only reason I actually have like stuff written down also, I don't want to forget anything. You know? Right. So I, that's why, I mean, I basically figured that once uh, once we put the groove together, we just wing, wing the gratitude part from some simple notes. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it's how, you know. Yeah. You well, know, loving the weather. Yeah. Oh, Thank God. you. Finally, Florida winter. Yo, I was up in New York, and like every the, the heat, and mm. you know, my mom lives in one of the older apartment buildings. It's so dry. Every, I wake up in the morning, I was like, eh, I couldn't talk. My fingers, look at this, look at this thing. Ooh. I, like they cracked. Oh, from the dry, from the dryness, man. Yeah, yes. they're just Neutrogena. You know, that's what I have. That's, okay, that's exactly, yeah, I got, that's the I got shit. some of that. Paul and, Harvey endorsed. Yeah, <laughs> as long as I'm dating myself, I'm really? gonna go. Oh, that's good. Yes. Well, I'll tell you something. The choice of Norwegian fishermen. <laughs> I'll tell you something, man. We've got a lot of groove and a lot of gratitude to get to today. So there ain't nothing to it but to do it. So let's get to doing it. It is just past 2 o'clock. And the only Hollywood that really matters anymore. Yeah, Hollywood. Florida, that is. That means just past 9 a.m. on the Big Island, Aloha today. Ka'u crew, no matter what island they're on, it is just past 11 a.m. in Ensenada, Mexico. Hola to my big island bra, Omar, and an Uncle Tony Aloha to his beautiful daughter, Dessa. Just past noon in the land of enchantment. Shout out to pals of mine, Ozzy Adam and Paula D. Just past 1 o'clock in the afternoon in the heartland, I got a big howdy to Ms. Bates. In the Lone Star State and my longtime very good Palomine Air Force, Ed in Land Lincoln. We're going to hop across the pond on our 
Around the Planet Mucho Mahalo Tour. <laughs> you know what? Just past 7 p.m. in Dublin, Lisbon, St. Anne, Lisbon, and the rest of Western Europe. Just past 8 in, you know where, that's right, Petingestranda, Sweden. <laughs> A big old Hollywood howl out to my man Duncan and his Nordic nomads. That means it's just past 9 at night in Istanbul, Turkey, where my gal, Rebecca Celeste, maintains her status as the five-star general in command of all group forces for Central and Eastern Europe. And wrap your head around this. It's just past 3 a.m. tomorrow in Taichung, Taiwan, where I am sending a big Hanchulai, which I'm sure I don't have to tell you means shout-out in Mandarin. Oh, that's right. Yes, I'm fluent in Mandarin. There it is. Hanchulai. Har, har, har. Yeah, that goes out to our that's far horribly east racist. groove rep, Lin Yu Xuan. Excellent. Okay, yeah, right, man. Well. We go around the planet, man. Groove Excellent. is global. Yes, groove indeed. is global. Yo, Gramps, are you ready for an afternoon stop to the hilt with nothing but groove and gratitude? I got an itchy mouse finger. Oh, saddle up, y'all. It's the 100th Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
But the best thing that's happened for, for Dick and I, uh, not for Dick and I, but for me particularly, is an announcement that uh, I'd like to share it this morning at 7 a.m. My wife had a baby boy. That's, uh, that's not true. What? What do you mean it's not true? Oh, wait a minute, Tommy, you just going for some, some love from the audience? What is this? Are you no, wait no, a minute. You do that, that just to get applause? He's not telling the truth. That's right. Now, why do you come out here? You do. You start off at Johnny's last thing. You start off. You do a great job with Johnny, and then you then you say something that's not okay, true to this audience. Why do you do that? If if you hadn't said anything, they they would have bought it. But that's lying, Tom. That's lying. What? Why why are you lying to these people? What? Why are you lying to the to the people? Why are you lying? Look in the camera. Tell them why are you lying? National policy. <laughs>
blade Go deeper than a mermaid Louder than a siren I know a tyrant Inspiring and miring The way I'm getting flying I've seen some kleptos And I resent those Brothers who slacked on When they should have kept on Rolling with rush It don't get no rougher I stop a huff and puff up Buff up, suffer I was holding back The man superior, right? You wanna take my title? Yo, you be alright You stand below the plateau I stand on You want perfection? Can put the man on I shake and bake And break the laws of gravity And if you chew on No Rafa. It gets no rougher. Yo, lady nine, we take out all the A, B, C, M, C. You know what I'm saying? Yo, cut ain't no joke. Yo, Al, release the juice on him. I release the juice, smack dab in your face. Do damage, I'm picking up the base. My mic's like a torch when I'm walking at nighttime. Straight to the dome. Listen to the man intellectualize, visualize your whole posse getting paralyzed. I don't want to hear no alibis, don't apologize. <clears throat> I put the highs in your eyes, the bass in your face like the district attorney. I'm on the case with rhymes that'll hit you and get you and sit you down. The competition is booty. Get the picture now, skip the rigmarole to give me a go. I'm bigger and young, nigga, you know. I won't allow, not now, no way, no how. Any form of disrespect, you better bow. Cop gets rocked or swamped, I do it prompt in between my jaws. Mike's my only utensil. Lyrics you be running, I break them like a pencil. Cause I'm massive and you're a small fry. You're all in, a stunt, a fall guy. Out of order, I slaughter wax and make you suffer. Cause it gets no rougher. It gets no rougher. Shut up. Now I got your attention. We're gonna drop these real dope lyrics on you. The beat is pumping. You know what I'm saying? Your question. Cigarette. Every puff is rough. A bull could kill a bull. One joke, Joe Cruz, a joke. I 
roses. Step back, I got the title. Bear witness to a dope recital. I killed many men, my friend, and I'ma do it again and again and again. Cause it gets no rover. You know what I'm saying?
Yeah, you know, I got to tell you something, man. The uh, the fact that you didn't, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, I want to save this song. It's skatable. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I today. thought you had everything. I mean, I basically thought you had every song ever recorded. No, I keep telling you that that um, I would say forty percent, a full forty percent of what you play, uh, I'm uh, largely unaware of, or at least. Yeah, but I mean, that's I, Madonna I was, for my sake. I was. Um, uh, largely unaware of it when the show started. I'm now you're now you're yeah, starting much, to get it. much more learned. Although there's a lot of like I, I'm going to put stuff in the folder that uh, I realize that you know in, in the Venn diagram scheme of things we have a lot of overlapping, oh, yeah, but we'll have a lot that don't. Uh, I I know a lot of music that you don't well, and vice versa. I'm so. going to tell you something, dude. Just, we were talking about the mashups and stuff. Yeah. All right. Later on in the show is is one of the great mixes. The uh, Run DMC feels thing, okay. Oh yeah. But I was I, I had heard and I'll talk about this, but this is one of those things where that was a song, that particular Beatles song, is one I've heard remixes of it and they all suck. People have tried because it's a really good beat, but nobody seems to be able to figure it out. Well there is no way to figure it out, but it's perfect for a mashup. All right, you when we get around to that, there you go, Madonna Bye Bye Baby from Erotica nineteen ninety two. Yeah, Shep Pettibone. The, the bottom-heavy bass in that shit is just great. Shep was doing a lot of work uh, around that. He did some really, really quality work. But that album, Erotica, there's another song on that, uh, My Secret Garden. All right? I have got a version of that that is just so off the walls. Ridiculous. Before that, Jimmy Todd Smith. Yeah, LL Cool J gets no rougher. Walking with a Panther 1989. That, there's a bit of a story behind that. It was uh, recorded at Chung King's House of Metal. And when he did his second album, he had been working with the L.A. Posse. Now, this album came out in 89. He recorded it late 88, early 89. Then it was released in, in like mid to late 89. Now, in 88, I was still working at the Commodities Exchange. And there was a guy uh, downstairs in the write-up room, the company he was with, with, uh, he was with uh, Prue Bates, Prudential Bates at the time. And he was working with Keith Sweat. Keith Sweat worked at the Commodities Exchange with us back in the day. Okay. And his name was Clarence. And so I ended up leaving. He ended up leaving a little bit after me. This was after the market crash in 87. We were still there in 88. I got a phone call from him, and he was working for the L.A. Posse at Chung King's House of Metal. His nickname was Birdman. And he's like, you need to come on down. This is perfect for you. You should come on down, say hello to a few people, blah, blah, blah. So... When the third album came out, this one, uh, Walking with the Panther, um, the contract was with the L.A. Posse, who is, which is who Clarence, my friend, was working with. And he was doing stuff with uh, a couple of brand new bands. Um, Breeze was one of them, and the other one was called Wise Guys, something like that. They, they went nowhere. But also at the time, Chunk King's House of Metal was where basically the first generation of rap all the great gold, the, the early rap stuff, all of it was recorded at Chung King's House of Metal, all right? And um, when they went to do the third album, uh, the guys from L.A. Posse said, we want more money, but they were under contract. They said, all right, forget it. We're not going to do it. So they only kept one guy, uh, uh, Muffler. Mm. I can't, Dwayne Salt Marother. And Rick Rubin stepped in, to do some of the production, along with uh, the Shockley Boys, uh, the, the Bomb Squad from uh, from Public Enemy. Now, 
this is all going on. Now, later on in the show, I got another song that was recorded just after this came out. And this is when I was in the studio with Clarence. And, but there's Chunk King's House of Metal, okay? I don't think it exists anymore. It was just called Chunk King's. And then Rick Rubin kind of re, renamed it House of Metal and stuff. But L O Cool J, man, that album, Walking with a Panther, really, when it came out, it got kind of skewed reviews because it was the first one where he had, like, uh, love songs and stuff. He had a couple of love songs on that. But... As time is going on, people have gone back and stuff like that. It gets no rougher. And there's that is my favorite album. It is that transition album right before he went full throttle, you know, hey, baby, you know, and then became a TV star. And last night, he was the host for the Kennedy Center Honors. Wow. I think back to like 89. 90, those days, you know, the, the Jimmy Todd Smith from then. And a guy standing there with like a Kennedy Center. He's, you know, he's got a Kennedy Center honor. I was like, whoa, man. In case you didn't see it, by the way, they, they did. It was uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Linda Ronstadt. Sally Field. Uh, mm-hmm. Some guy I've never heard of. He's a classical guy from down here, I think. And then they did the Muppets. The Muppets thing, I almost cried. Yeah, I almost. I, it was so. It's if you haven't seen it, just watch that part of okay. the Kennedy Center Honors. When I was a very young, uh, and I was at Calhoun in New York City, they were at the time Sesame Street was being recorded two blocks away, and so. I got to go on the set when I was like nine years old or something. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. But, you know, at that point, though, when you're nine, you're almost too old for Sesame Street. Yeah, you know? you're never too old for well, Sesame that's the thing. Street or for when Muppets. You're, you're never too old for the Muppets. That, and that's, you know, there's so that's only a, one guy from the – only Kermit the Frog is in the Muppets and Sesame Street. There's right. no other crossovers. I know. I know. Uh, oh, you're oh, are you kidding me? Okay. I'm big I'm Jim Henson groupie. And, then, and Carol Spinney just died. Rest in peace. Yes, place. I know. The big, big Bird guy. Big Bird and Grouch. Oscar the Grouch. Grouch, yeah. But they, one of the mm-hmm. cool things they did last night was at the end of the song, sing, sing a song, mm-hmm. make it happy, last a whole day long. Okay. The, the puppeteers came out from behind oh, that's awesome. the thing to, to stand there, which I thought was a really cool thing. Before the LL, baby. Yeah. The ensorcelization continues unabated. Calibro 35, Boucher Funk. Can't help myself before that. Asian Dub Foundation, Rebel Warriors. That is from uh, Facts and Fiction, came out in 95. The lyrics from this, I was doing a little homework, you know, because I do the homework, so you don't have to, mm-hmm. right? The lyrics in that song are from a Bengali poet who wrote the poem in the 1920s as a protest against British colonialism in India. And he tried to have it serve as a call for unity of Hindus and Muslims against the British. And this guy apparently was pretty uh, bummed out as, you know, like Gandhi was when they got rid of the British and started fighting each other. He was a little bummed out about that. Before that, and yeah, the mix doesn't get any sweeter. Tommy Smothers on Johnny Carson. was uh, 91, I guess, was, uh, you know, like the last year. This was their last appearance on uh, on the Johnny Carson show. That video, 
is when he comes out imitates him is so good. It's just it's so spot on. Before that, yeah, friends of mine, baby, Ron Sunshine in the smoking section. Pick it up. Title track from the CD. Pick it up. That was originally released on vinyl in like '93. Then he came out on CD in '94. Doctor John, mm-hmm. gracious enough to be on that. Ron, I've known Ron. I wrote this down someplace. I've known Ron 35 years now. Ron, I just spoke to him a couple days ago, and this the thing. His voice, he's literally, he's almost in that Tom Jones category because his voice back then, smooth as silk. His voice now, smooth as silk. He sounds the same. Great. He sounds, and, uh, you know, he plays at a place in New York called Swing 46 with Ron Sunshine's orchestra. He's got, um, his, you know, he has uh, on the, uh, the jazz label, like Rondo, Rondette jazz label, something like that. I should have written that down. I'm winging it, baby. I'm totally winging his stuff. That's all right. You know, I am totally winging it. But years ago, Ron did me one of the great favors of my life. He took me. He got tickets and and said, hey, you want to come? And I got to go see, and we're going to be talking about shows that we saw this year, a band that we saw this year, Parliament Funkadelic. Indeed. Okay. Well, that's a great show. They're P-Funk. It's George Clinton. Okay. What else are you going to say? He took me to see them with the full P-Funk Orchestra, second row at the Apollo. That's Back great. in the 80s. Dude, That's awesome. I'm picturing it in my mind over here. Like, oh, I it's my quite remarkable. And kicking off the set, an old and dear friend of mine, okay, song is by the band The Savage Sons. song is Savage Sons. It was a 45 that was released... In 91 on a Spanish label, Rondo Records. Written and uh, the uh, front man on guitar and that, one of my, one of my best friends, the, the classic fuzz master, Alain Portnoy. All right? yeah. I have played I don't know how many bands that he's been in. Headless Horseman. Chris Such is also in the Savage Sons as well as the Headless Horseman. But, you know, Fuzz Tones, Chicks, the Silk Tilk Violation Band. Um... He's got a couple uh, with the Wasp Men. I played them on the show. Right. He's got a new band that he's working on now, but they, he was going to get me new tracks, but they haven't mastered them yet. And I know Alon. It's like, I'm sorry, they're not mastered yet. Well, do you have a rough copy? I said they're not mastered yet. <laughs> All right, Frog. No sweat, pal of mine. All right. This is the guy. This is the guy that uh, I got in the back door at uh, the Elvis Costello show. We were talking about mm-hmm. that on the last show. We were on our way to see the Senders. And Max's, myself, Lon, Mike J, ended up walking behind a Palladium. Boom. Ten bucks. Elvis Costello on his Armed Forces tour in the back door to Palladium. That was a good show. All right. Great. Yeah, so I don't even know where to freaking start. But I thought that a good place to start would be stuff from the last year. And we'll get to the weepy shit. All right. Okay, we get to the weepy shit. I'm doing everything I can not to break that. that All right. That All right. Down, yeah. Put it off. You know? But uh, I was thinking about the shows mm-hmm. that I saw just this year. Now, right off at the top of the list, okay, is Martha Hoople. Okay. All right. Flew to New York, went with my friend Andrea. We flew up there. You know, Paul is has been playing. I got some music coming up. Oh, he's got brand new stuff. I'll talk about that later. But, you know, it was the last show that they did in America. They were supposed to tour again. There's a, they had 
the dates, the tickets were sold. There was a bit of a thing. Uh, Ian, you know, Ian Hunter's 80 years old. These guys are not young wow. anymore. Morgan Fisher, Ariel Bender, these guys are they're yeah. up there. And I'll tell you, when I saw them, they rocked, man. 80 is just a number to these guys, man. They fucking wow. get on stage and bust it out. And uh, it was great to be able to see this. So with uh, Jacob Dillon, the Wallflowers were open for him. And I saw them the night, a couple nights before in Philadelphia with my cousin Steve. So that was the bonus package for me, to see Martha Hoople, you know, do mm. that. Now, there's been, you know, there's a bit of a, Ian's got some stuff going on. Um, so they had to, they, after they booked the original dates, people on the West Coast, they never made their, they were just up in arms. And Martha Hoople fans are rabid. Ian Hunter fans are rabid. They're just fanatical. They're out of their minds. So there was a whole bunch of shit. And people were like, you never played the West Coast. It's like, okay. So they booked a bunch of West Coast dates. Unfortunately, something came up. I'm hoping they're going to be able to fill those out. So what else? You and I got to see Parliament Funkadelic with right. Fishbone. That mm-hmm. was a bonsai show, man. That was, that was a great show. Great show. That's the last show of that tour. They're not playing anymore. We may have actually seen the last P-Funk show. It's entire. Great. It's entirely possible. And Revolution. Just and Revolution. Has, it's a great place to watch live it music. Is an excellent venue. Yeah. They treated yeah. you great. They know you. Yeah, that, that warmed my heart. It if was, I could just extend some gratitude. Status, man. We got wristbanded, and I didn't like. I got nothing. You know, when I was on the radio, because I was just talking before the show. When I was on the radio, all kinds of people wanted to give me stuff. Yeah, they because I from you. because I could talk right. Because and they know they're not on that. I'm not on the radio anymore, and they still gave me the VIP treatment. Yeah, that was really great, nice. Man. And the security, you know, Jeff John, the owner, thank you, Woody, thank you, Jamie. Yeah, they treated yeah. us, they treated us great. I'll tell you something, yeah. as a result of that, I've started looking at shows to, to see if there's any shows coming <laughs> up at Revolution. Revolution. <laughs> yeah, man, I figured, yeah, go you know, back there. hey, you know what? I got no problem giving them a shout out on the yeah. show. Why? Good. They earned it. They're they're a great venue, uh, you know, especially now that Tobacco Road is closed and Churchill's yeah. is, you know, Churchill's is, is down in Miami, yeah, man. It's down in Miami, but you know, Churchill's that's another more rap. The Churchill's is all over the place. Churchill's yeah. is is great. Uh, they're they're a landmark. They're a staple. They're a place where where you can get your start. They got big names and small yeah, names. Yeah, they do and, have know. big names. I've I've seen. Some of the, the the lineups there, and they've got. Some but as far as Broward County goes, we got Revolution. Uh, it's a great place to see live yeah, the, music. The, the other great place club. for yeah. me is uh, the Funky Biscuit, which is where I saw yeah. this show. I saw Shelly Minucci and Special EFX, and uh, my my brother Dan, you know, calls me up and he goes, "Hey, you you know, go to the show." I spoke with Shelly because his dad. He's also a musician. His son's also a musician. And my brother's company, Modern Works Publishing, mm-hmm. handles all their licensing and copyright stuff. And he's like, yeah, man, you know, just when you, you know, you're, you're already on the list. And just when you get there, just tell the guy, you know, that uh, you want to go back and say hello to Jelly and backstage. Couldn't have been nicer. Great guy. Really good guitar player. This guy, smooth, baby. Like Pat Metheny, but with a little more funk going on i mean i like Patini and all but it's just so smooth sometimes it makes me i don't know there are people to get into that but it's, it's so crisp uh let me see i saw a bunch of shows at uh funky basement matt schofield saw the band kung fu that was fun okay uh friend of mine stan waldman hell of a uh, sax player got to see him with a whole bunch of uh old school blues dudes 
went to the Hendrix Experience show. Mm-hmm. That was very cool. With a whole bunch of people playing in that. Um, you know, Zach Wilde played. Satriani played. Um, who else played? Uh, Dave Mustaine played. They had uh, drummer from uh, from Stevie Ray Vaughan's band. Then they had the uh, the other drummer. The drummer that used to be with Billy Joel's band and now plays with everybody else. Let me just ask you, Gary Hoey with uh, Sean Davis and uh, Albert Stiglia. And uh, then recently, I was, you know, just back in New York. Mm-hmm. This is the one I wanted to, you know, I, I didn't even write this down, but now it's because it's, uh, current to me. Because I called you and mm-hmm. told you about this thing. Tom Semioli, and I'll be talking about, you know, to know your bass player thing later. So I go to New York. This is uh, a week ago Thursday. And then the next day, Friday, this guy, uh, Mark Preston, who is fan of the show, mm-hmm. okay, old school musician, he's honk-tonk, 12-string guitar, he wears the suit, it's the Johnny Cash, okay. it's the Lonesome Train, it's the you know, Mystery Train, Dick Kilbert, Jackson did a great version of, I'm going to Jackson, you know, we got right. married in Reno, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I go, he's playing at this place called uh, Patty O'Reilly's down at 2nd, 2nd Avenue, 29th. I go down there, see the show, and there's there was a chick on violin. I can't remember what her name was. She was terrific. She was great. And there were, they, they swapped out various people, mm-hmm. you know, and um, there was a guy that was there who's a friend of Tom's. Now, this is a guy who was in a band called Haystacks Balboa. All right. From back in the day. They, they, you know, toured, they played in, you know, with Jethro Tull and Boyster Cole. He's an old school rocker, man. Now, he's a fan of the show. Mm-hmm. I'd never met him before. Didn't know him before I started doing the show. I go down there and he's there with Tom. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're Anthony Coleman from the Groovatine. I went, yeah. <laughs> and he was literally excited to meet me. Yeah. You're- and it freaked <laughs> Me, you're an international out. star. Yeah. It freaked <laughs> me. I'm telling you straight up. Yeah, it freaked me. I like it's a wonderful. Remember thing. when we yeah. when we went to the Parliament Funkadelic show? Yeah, yeah. There was that guy there. We we ran into this this guy. The guy, you dropped you dropped my name. Yeah, and he's and like, oh like, my god. No, you're kidding. No, you're no, you're not. No way. You're you're George. Really, you're that guy. Yeah. Ah, no way. Yeah. No, yeah, the guy that was, was he was handing out beer anyway. Even yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he was basically giving away beer and then realized yeah. who he was giving it to. It was an IPA, but so, I drank it anyway. It's a guy named Mark Pallott. <laughs> he lives, he's, you know, he's from New York. He lives in New York. He spent a lot of time out in New Mexico as well. So shout out to mm. Mark Preston for a great show. Okay, great version of uh, Mystery Train this guy did and... Uh, did a couple of Johnny Cash songs, man, and also a couple of Patsy Cline songs. Really good stuff. It's a, it's a fun. It was just great to. I, I love going to see stuff like that. It's a bar. There's a bunch of people who couldn't even give a shit about the show. They're just at the bar. It's where they go. Mm-hmm. But to you know, it's a small stage. It's intimate, and it's you know, he's not trying to like get get discovered. He's playing for the love of playing, baby. And That's it shows, it, you know, that kind of thing comes out. There were actually a couple of shows this year that I wish I got to, but couldn't make it up to New York City for. Um, Tammy and uh, Tammy Faye Starlight did the uh, Marianne Faithful Why'd You Make Me Do It shows at Pangea. Now, I'm fortunate enough 
to have seen Tammy Faye Starlight on a few occasions, and I saw her do the Marianne Faithful show the first time around, which was fabulous. All right? And, uh, you know, bonus package. I think uh, when I was there, she had Letty Kaye sitting in. She also had Jonathan Richmond sitting in with her at some point or another. You know, Jonathan Richmond, the modern lover, stuff like that. So Tammy Faye Starlight at Pangea, that was a, a series of shows I, I wanted to get up there for. It. I just couldn't. You ever get a chance to see her? That's a show. There's, okay. Yeah, I mean, I remember talking about it a couple years ago with the New York Times, all the people that review it. Okay, in New York, man, they, they loved it. It really... And Marianne Faithful herself oh. was like, yeah, go ahead, do this. That's great. Yeah, she was like on board. So that uh, that's pretty much all you really need to know. That's how good Tammy Faye is. She really is that good. Another show that it really, this one kind of broke my heart to miss because it was a one-off show, was Capital Punishment. My friends from high school, okay, remember they, they, they re-released their uh, DSU uh, Roadkill which is the album they recorded back in, like, 1983. Some guy, like, discovered it, and, you know, he's digging through the crates thing. One thing led to another, and they got back together. And it's, you know, the two Peters and then uh, uh, Ben Stiller's on drums. That's how. That's why I got, you know, wide recognition, because it's Ben Stiller's high school band. So they got back together. They did the show. They re-released it. And then Chris Roebling is the front man. You know, he's basically the guy that, that's, you know, he's he's steering her, all that stuff. And uh, and another friend of mine, also from high school, who's going to be, I'm playing him later in the show, showed up and played on stage, Adam Rogers, who is a right. world-renowned guitar player. He's, you know, he's got his dice band. He's played with Patitucci, the Brecker Brothers. He's played with, he toured with Joe Jackson. He's he's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's very sort of, he's been on like 200 recordings and stuff. And, um, but that, at that particular show, it was basically a one-off show. And mm. so there were a lot of people from high school and friends of mine that were there. And, you know, you see the pictures. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man. It's like the, Ron Sunshine, okay, played the opening day uh, when this bar called Dive Bar at 96th in Amsterdam opened. And uh, they just had, and I was there. I was there the night, that the, the first night that this bar opened. They just had their 30th anniversary. And I saw the pictures from that. People, you know, I got a phone call from somebody. Hey, hey. I was like, ah. That's the kind of stuff. You know, that's great. That's the kind of stuff. I wish I was, like, rich enough to be able to say, sure, I'm going to fly up for just a day. I don't mind blowing $500 to see a show for friends. That's, that's, you people is like, yeah, I'd like to be rich just so I could do shit like that and right. then give money away to where they could. That's right. what I... That Why be, didn't we get into hedge funds? Well, that's know. the whole thing, man. <laughs> you know, if I was super rich, all right, basically that would be my indulgence. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about cars and TVs and fancy, that kind of bullshit. I really don't. But mm-hmm. being able to just hop on a plane and go see a show... That's that would be my indulgence, and I just give the rest of the money away to kids, you know, who are hungry. Basically, that's what I do. Um, so they re-release that. Now I, I take pride in the fact that I, I played Capital Punishment on the radio first. I don't believe I'm pretty sure nobody else has played them for broadcast. Uh, that's what, that's our story. We're sticking to it. No, absolutely. Now Chris is uh, well. Now it's his son, but Chris, when we were in high school, he was the youngest living. 
direct descendant of the man who built, designed and built the Brooklyn Bridge, the Roblings. Okay. It's Washington Roebling, Colonel Paul Roebling. Um, and so people ask him from time to time, if you've never walked across the Brooklyn Bridge, first of mm-hmm. all, the Brooklyn Bridge is the greatest bridge in the world. Okay. All right? And I have no problem saying that for any number of reasons, not the least of which is that it's a hundred and some, it's 120 years old, and it is as functional for its intended original purpose today as it was the day it opened. It's right. the first suspension bridge ever built in the world. All right? It's the only suspension bridge that actually has in its design a level that is for walking. Because there were no cars back then. How nice. Yeah. Walking across the Brooklyn Bridge in like a nice, you know, late spring, early summer day. Mm-hmm. You know, six o'clock, sun's coming down. You, you head over from the Manhattan side and you start walking towards Brooklyn, towards uh, Brooklyn Heights. And you look, you know, to the south, you can see Hudson. Uh, you, know, you see, you know, the bay. Mm-hmm. Down there, you get the, the good view of the Statue of Liberty. So it is, it's a great walk. Okay, and people are constantly asking him, you know, because there's a museum, he's in charge of that, you know, and he used to, every once in a while, he would do like a little tour for friends, because if anybody's going to know mm-hmm. the Brooklyn Bridge, it's Chris, all right? Well, now, he, he put up, a, people kept bugging him for so much, that he's got a little site, and you can go on there, and he'll set up, he doesn't do it on a regular basis, but he will set up a time. And, you know, you got a bunch of people. He'll mm-hmm. do a tour. If he can, like if he can get all the timing, awesome. go. At oh, the oh, bridge. Oh, at the bridge. Real He'll tour. He'll walk you across the bridge. He'll give you. It's the real deal, Neil. That's great. Yeah. It's absolutely, you know, just a great thing, man. So so that was the live music show. You got anything that uh, tickled your fancy this year live? Other than, uh, I mean, the people. Oh, I mean, that's the, I had, I, you know, I used to go to live shows all the time when I had the uh, the radio hookup and everything. So that's the, that was the only live show I saw. Really? You know, that year. Oh, I, this I've coming been a, year, I'm I've been a shut-in. I've been a, a shut-in. I know you have. I've used to go regularly. It's not like, if not every weekend, every other weekend. No less yeah. than that. Well, twice a month to, or something live. Well, this past year in. has been different. Than the previous yeah. years that we were doing the show, because there was a lot of moving going on, yeah. you and yeah. I. Next year, though, we're hitting All right. We're going, but we're doing like, right. we're going to go down to fucking Churchill's. To- I've never been there. No. I've never been oh, are you in for a treat? It I've is never, I- CD. Oh, I, oh, really? You'll love it. Oh, uh, my God. Their bathroom is famous. You can go online. You can Google okay, Churchill's pl- bathroom, and okay, you pl- see all these pictures. Let's just, be, let's just be clear about one thing. Yeah. The CBGB's I'm bathroom sure. set to I'm sure. Nothing. I know. I know. I got to do a disclaimer for you New Yorkers. Look, I know New York <laughs> has everything better than us, but we live here, and so are you. You're here for some reason. No, so. I mean, look, right. there's <laughs> nothing I like more than, than something that to rekindle that feeling. We had, I've, there have been so many events at Churchill's. I've had so many friends, bands there. I've watched people that I've had on my radio show, both on the air and on SoFlow Radio. Uh, I had them on because they were going to be performing at Churchill's that night. The South Florida Roller Derby Girls, now the Gold oh, Coast yeah. Roller Derby Girls, used to hold fundraisers at Churchill's all the time that I would promote. Uh, where you know, is live it? music. Yeah, and, it's, in, it's like down in Miami. It's in so Miami, but it's north-ish. Where is it? Where it's is like 56th, 52nd uh, Street and, uh, and US 1. And US 1. So it's on. Right. 
It's on it, Federal Highway, what we call right, Federal yeah, Highway. Right, yeah, so it's, it's uh, west. But it's on 56. Way. Yeah. No, it's it's east. It's over here. You can just get on Federal right here and go oh, you okay. know, down. It's, uh, no, it's not on Federal Highway. It's like on 2nd Avenue or somewhere like so that in between there. So it's on the other there. side. It's, but it's, it's in between the highway. It's down okay, that I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. All right, but, yeah. Uh, we're oh, there. Yeah. We're going. Trip to Churchill's. Good. Oh, yeah. Well, Write that down. Lord. There it is, baby. Churchill's. So, good for a treat. <clears throat> let me see. What else is here? Well, we there were a couple of things friends of mine did, you know, from, uh, we'll go from clubs to screens, okay? Moira, old friend of mine from high school, um, she had worked on television shows for years. She's, she's mm-hmm. you know, uh, started with, I guess, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which, you know, I thought was, re- yeah, that expression on your great face. great show. I never, that you know, show, all of a sudden, I started reading. That's a bonding show for me and my, my older daughter, because I got to tell you, because she's, because Joss Whedon, who's the the writer-director of that, who did the, the the one good Avengers movie okay. and Firefly, and a lot of good science fiction. One of the best writer directors, full of surprises and, and comedy. And my older daughter, she kept trying to talk me into it, and the movie sucked. And see, I uh, liked the movie. I thought the movie was fun. Uh, horrible. And and she <laughs> she it took her a while, and she finally said, "Dad, I watched everything you ever told me to watch because you have credibility with me. I wish you would take my word for this." Yeah. Buffy is great. And I said, you're right, honey. You're right. I should, I should know that you know what's right. And I sat and I, and I thought, this is a great show. This well, is a phenomenal uh, show. Well, Moira worked on that. She did yeah. Castle. She did Hawaii Five. She, you know, she's always been a writer. Yeah. She did writing for then uh, Hawaii Five O. And then she went, and just to say something, she was a writer oh. for Madam Secretary. Which okay. is, um, and then she got her own show. The in between, there were uh, they did the initial ten episodes. I believe they've been re-upped for season two. It was very well received. I actually met somebody. I was talking to my brother at the show. They're like, "Oh yeah, I like that show, man." I was like, "Yeah, it's a great show." So you know, that's that's kind of a cool thing to see because I knew her. You know, we were I've known her since we were fifteen, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and to see how she has progressed to where she wanted, always wanted to be, which is this, the executive producer, creator, you know, the, the, the force behind a television show like this. And it's turned out great. It's got good people in it. It's kind of fun. It's, uh, it takes place in Seattle, so there's something kitschy about that. Mm-hmm. The other thing that uh, happened this year, of course, I brought this up, yeah, my first screen credit, my first screen That's credit right. ever. I remember. Kill Chain, mm-hmm. Ken Sanzel movie, my boy Ken from the neighborhood. You know, he did uh, Replacement Killers, and, you know, he's done a lot of that stuff. This was a uh, an Amazon original with Nicolas Cage. So, you know, mm-hmm. so people, you either don't like him or you really like him. I've, 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 okay, I, on the other hand... I really like him in a bunch of stuff and don't like him in a bunch of other things. Oh, I know. No, he's... Amen. When he's great, he's great. I could count on one hand. Like, leaving Las Vegas, raising I, Arizona. Yeah. Uh, I'm done. What's the new? <laughs> What's, there's that movie before those two movies. It's the one, um, you know, where he plays like the punk and then there's like in, in L.A., Damn, I can't remember it. Uh, bone, uh, 
uh, Sonny Bonham's plays the, I can't remember. I don't know. I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's great. It's great. All right. You know, it's like one. (gasps) There's another movie called, I think it's called Joe. It's like relatively modern, relatively recent, uh, very low key. Well, he's great in this. He's not over Nick Cage. I don't know. know, I thought he was a little Nick Cagey. <laughs> I watched it. It's a good movie, but he was he was kind of he was caging on me there. He was caging. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see what else. Well, here's some other interesting stuff. You know, friends of mine. I have a bunch of friends who write, and they are they write books that get mm-hmm. published and make bestseller lists. Um, one guy from the neighborhood, Ernesto Quinones. Quinones. Sorry, Quinones. Quinones. Um, it's, called, it's called a tilde. A tilde. Thank you. The is little it, thing over the end. Is that what it's yeah, called? It's called a tilde. Yes. Tilde. Yes. I'm gonna name my child that. If I tilde. Ever tilde. Yes. yes. <laughs> name them Enya Enya Tilde. Because <laughs> <laughs> the character is called an Enya. Oh, that was <laughs> yeah. Gonna, I was gonna call it accent grave or accent yeah. de goo tilde. <laughs> so but, you're uh, Quinones. He wrote uh, Ernesto uh, came out with a new book this year called Taina. Or Taina, T-A-I-N-A. Now, he had written another book that was very well-received. Of course, I didn't look it up. I thought I could do it off the top of my head, but I can't. But in any event, you know, he, it's nice to see that that kind of stuff because I had really kind of forgotten about him. And then my friend Jody, you know, said, hey, look what's going on. He's going to be doing a, you know, a book signing or whatever. And I thought, wow, it's great. He's still doing it. So and he's from up in, you know, the old neighborhood. You know, 106, the, the Night Cafe crew. From high school, Mariah Fredericks. Talk about prolific. She has got a series of books called the Jane Prescott Mysteries. Um, they take place in like, you know, the turn of the 19th century type thing, late 1800s, early 1900s. Okay. They're kicking ass. People just love this shit. She has done, let me, we've got... Uh, Three of them. The first one was called A Death of No Importance. That came out in 2018. Then this year, A Death Death of a New American. Okay? Mm-hmm. And coming up in 2020, coming out on April the 14th, Death of an American Beauty. So, and she, these books sell like hotcakes. I mean, there's like a following now. So, I got to get around to starting to read some of this stuff because I haven't. I haven't. And... People keep saying, you know, I, I was doing a little research just to make sure I had the titles right. And the reviews are out there. People love this shit, man. Great. I was like, all right. I, you know, if it, if they're going to say that it's that good, I guess I'd better get around to reading it, you know. So I'm psyched about that. And another person, and in the prolific department, this guy is ridiculous. It's an old friend of mine, John Glatt. I met him through my friend Roger Hansen. This guy is basically... He's like the James Brown of, like, true crime, uh, you know, authors, all right? Every year, a new book worth reading. So the James Brown released at least an album a year for, like, 15, 20 years, man, you know? John Glad does it now. It's, uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, what do we have? We have the, okay, this came out. This year, it's called The Family Next Door, The Heartbreaking Imprisonment of the... Oh, yeah, it's about the 13 kids, the Turpin oh, kids. Yeah. yeah. He wrote that. Okay, it's called the, the Family Next Door. Now, 
in January, coming out about a month, Christ in the Desert, uh, which is a shocking true story of a sadistic torturer in the desert. These are all true crime things. You watch like ID, you know, ID channel and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's on there constantly, some interview about whatever he's written. And as if that's not enough, John's coming out with another book. Uh, it's expected in July. He's coming out with two books this year. These aren't full. These aren't pamphlets, man. Mm-hmm. These are two hundred plus page books. All right, dude. No wonder nobody sees him anymore. All he does is write. He's right? He's just nope. writing. No pun intended. And the one that's going to be coming out in July is called The Perfect Father. The story of Chris Watts, his all-American family, and a shocking murder. So these things are fucking page-turners, man. I've read a couple of his books. And if you're into this kind of thing, seriously. I, re- I literally read one of his books mm-hmm. okay, in two plane flights. Two plane flights is all it took for me to read the entire book. Wow. I mean, it's just, you know, you don't put it down. I skipped the pretzels. I skipped the free beverage. Skipped all that stuff. Just, you know, went right through it. So, so there you yeah. go. There's shit to people, you know. I got more stuff coming up later. Various other shows that people are doing. But I wanted to, uh, I looked. Yeah, you know what? We're going to do some groove instead. We'll get to this later. All right. I'm winging it, baby. We're winging it. Yeah. It's it's the the 100th. We've earned the right to basically just freaking wing it, baby. It's what we do in the radio around the holidays. And nothing but groove and gratitude. We That's ain't right. got. We are so chock full of groom and grass. That's right. I got it coming no pissing, out of my No port. pissing and moaning today. No pissing and moaning, baby. Whiners get lost. Right okay? on. Okay? Go into the cellar. That's what I call my wine cellar in the basement. Ah! But uh, we get back to the groove. And you know, every set, every set mm-hmm. has at least two people in it, two bands or individuals that are friends of mine. This one? Has a couple of friends of mine in the one band, and a couple, and uh, one very good friend, a couple other acquaintances in another band. We're going to kick off the next set with. Uh, let me see what we got here. Oh, you love it, man. Yeah, you ready? I'm ready. It's the Hippie Nuts on the Groove of Dime at SoFlowRadio.com. <laughs>
to me. This is how it used to be. Go! Standing on the baseball line. Why? You did a crime. Now the time is mine. I'm too young. You're too young. Why? Choosing my father. Stop selling and killing one another. Take some time to see what's missing. But he's another like you. You're on a mission. Think you're back from the sale you made and back home. A regular with your brown head. His life. Because of a system. Now you think you're down. You told this to shut up. Because I'm fed up with this culture. I'm flying high to stop a big culture. Waiting in the bedroom to see who's next for
worthy of the worst dregs ever to soil the face of the West. Well, with one month until his inauguration, Donald Trump continues to fill the 4,000 positions that make up his administration. What do you want me to do, sir? I want you to round up every vicious criminal and gunslinger in the West. Trump's cabinet has so far been filled by two military generals, four conservative politicians, several business moguls, and others with and without government experience. I want rustlers, cutthroats, murderers, bounty hunters, desperados. We begin with one of the most important cabinet picks, and that is ExxonMobil CEO Rex Tillerson. The oil exec will take the reins as Secretary of State. Two top generals are also poised to assume leadership roles in Trump's administration. General James Mattis, chosen as Defense Secretary, is a four-star Marine Corps general. Retired General John Kelly, nominated to lead the Department of Homeland Security, is also a Marine veteran of more than 40 years. Mugs, pugs, thugs, nitwits, halfwits, dimwits. Trump has named several people with decades of government experience to assume positions in his cabinet. He's picked Senator Jeff Sessions to serve as Attorney General. The president-elect has chosen former Texas Governor Rick Perry as Energy Secretary and Elaine Chao for the Department of Transportation. Vipers, vipers, con men, Indian agents, Mexican bandits. Former Trump rival turned supporter Ben Carson has also accepted a Trump nomination as head of the Department of Housing and Urban Development. The retired neurosurgeon has no government experience and never held public office. But Trump has expressed confidence in Carson, who served as one of his advisors after dropping out of the presidential race. Muggers, buggerers. Bushwhackers, hornswagglers, horse thieves. Georgia Congressman Tom Price has been nominated to lead the Department of Health and Human Services. For Treasury Secretary, Trump has nominated former Golden Sachs exec Steven Mnuchin. Betsy DeVos is Trump's pick for Education Secretary. Montana Representative Ryan Zinke has been chosen to lead the Department of Interior. Andrew Putzer is Trump's pick for Labor Secretary. Wilbur Ross was chosen as Commerce Secretary. Bulldogs, train robbers, bank robbers, ass-kickers, shit-kickers, and messages!
Page from Ian Hunter Grant Band and the Sydney Green Street Band. And we're listening to Tony C's Groovathon on SoFlowRadio.com. Groove on.
That's why I love that song, man. Sound Vision, David Bowie from Low. That one's got, uh, I think it's Carlos Alomar is on that. Uh, who else is on that? Uh, Brian Eno. That's like right around when uh, Eno was doing, I think he just, he did like the first Roxy Music album, then he split from that. But that that series of albums in there, Lodger and Low. Low's a great album, man. I love that song, Sound Vision. Before that, my boy, yeah, that was the Sydney Green Street Band Crab Cakes, Paul Page, whom I've known for 30, uh, since 2019, so a little over 34 years now, and he's the bass player for Ian Hunter's Ramp Band, as he said, and he was the bass player for, uh, for uh, Mata Hoople All right. when I went up there, which was great. That was one of the cool things when I was in Philly a couple days before the New York show, I was with my cousin, and I said, you know, if you, you know, if you're going to hook us up, that'd be great, and two hours before the show... He calls me up. He goes, put your dancing shoes on. I got your tickets. Great. My cousin comes home. We change. We drive out to Jenkintown. We go to the will call, get the tickets. The lady, you know, the, the usher shows us down to our seats. Eighth row center. My cousin just looks over at me. He goes, who the hell do you know? I went, see that guy up there playing bass? <laughs> That's who I know. So the uh, City Green Street Band is uh, it's fronted by a guy named Lance Doss. And basically... They, they literally, they don't tour. They'll play every once in a while. It's a, I can't remember what it's called, the Notch, some bar out in Jersey. It's like mm-hmm. it's nothing bar. And when they get together every once in a while, they'll play out there. And they, it's just like a hobby for all of them. And so it's uh, Lance Doss, he fronts up the band. He writes songs. You got Paul Page on bass. And you got Steve Holly on drums. I can't remember what the name of the other guy is. It's another guitar player as well. But... Steve Holly and Paul Page are basically that's the backbeat section for rock and roll. They're Ian Hunter's Ramp Band, Sydney Green Street Band. Paul uh, Steve Holly used to be with uh, Paul McCartney and Wings, and these guys just straight up rock and roll backbeat the way you want it. Those two guys get it done. They have a brand new song that is coming out this week. You can get it on, you know, it'll be wherever you download songs. Uh, it's called. Six pack and a bottle of wine. Great. Yeah, baby. Talking about that Mad Dog 2020. Eee. Thunderbird. That, that takes me back. Thunderbird is the word. How's it sold? Nice and cold. Uh, What's the price? Forty twice. <laughs> Hello. Before that, the Rolling Stones' Slave from Tattoo You. Now, that came out in 1981. The album itself, okay, was basically they put that together from all these songs that they had written and sort of recorded. They had done bits and pieces of it. And I've said on numerous occasions that this song, Slave, mm-hmm. is the last really great Rolling Stones song ever put on vinyl for me. Okay. All right? And the reason that I have that opinion, okay, and the reason it, it stands out like that is because it was originally written and recorded in 1975. And the, I told you this earlier mm-hmm. in the year. The, the the original name for the song was Vagina. And that right. was what they called it. And 
I saw them, the Stones, twice on this particular tour. I saw them on the opening uh, day of the tour in Philadelphia with uh, Journey and mm-hmm. George Thorogood and the Destroyers. And then I saw them a couple months later. They had, in order to get tickets to see them at Brendan Byrne, which was the arena at uh, Giant Stadium in the Meadowlands, mm-hmm. um, they did, this was the first time that I can recall ever seeing this. It was a lottery system. You basically sent in your uh, mm-hmm. a letter or whatever, and then it was luck of the draw. And we got, I got two tickets, and they were behind the stage. And I was bummed out until I realized that the setup that they had, mm-hmm. the stage was open. It was a big circle. And they would turn around. So all of a sudden, I went from having shitty seats to having, mm-hmm. like, front row seats. Like, all my, you know, we were in, like, the 20th row. But it was, like, perfect right there. And that was with Tina Turner opening. Great. Yeah. Hey, what's a good show? So, and that was also the year that, uh, in 1981, 82 was my senior year in high school. That mm-hmm. was also the year that Mick Jagger and Jerry Hall bought the Brownstone and moved into the Brownstone literally right next to mm-hmm. my high school, Calhoun. Literally right next to them. And we would, you know, it's a weird way to grow up, you know, because the high school I went to, I mean, James Taylor and Carly Simon's kids went there. Mm-hmm. Paul Simon's kids went there. You know, we would go down and eat lunch on the Riverside Drive wall and be like, you know, Robert Klein and Meatloaf and people like they all lived in these buildings right there on Riverside Drive. And it's a weird thing, you know, to, to kind of, you know, not not be impressed by meeting Mick Jagger after you've met him once or twice already. Yeah, hey, I'm so you know, jaded. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. after he didn't mind us sitting on the on the steps, of the, you know, on the steps in front of Brownstone, and mm-hmm. he was cool about you, probably because he was generally not there that much, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, you know, but I, that's one of those songs. And by the way, I'm pretty sure that "Slave" is a song they have never ever performed live. Oh, really? I don't think they've ever hmm. done that live. And the thing is, is that they're not even sure. Who did the actual original keyboards on it? They're not sure if it's Nicky Hopkins or uh, Billy Preston. They don't know. It was okay. Record- I think they recorded the original parts of that. They did their, their like uh, the mobile studio in the south of France. So they were all they were still slamming skag at the time. You know, they were still pissed off at the world. The heroin, heroin was still pumping through their veins. Mm-hmm. Okay, after tattoo you. I don't know. It's. T- Emotional rescue, excuse me? I, I, you're going to come to I, I Really? You know... I, really? Cause, no. No. There, thank you. That's enough of that. No, I mean, uh, everybody... I mean, God bless them. Because, you know, Look, they're the I Rolling mean, Stones. The guy's like 90 years old and he has a workout regimen and shit like that. But all these people, like... There are these tours that have been happening. Yeah, a lot of people from the seventies, the Who, they, Elton John. Although the Who did some really good eighties music, I like the Who in oh, the eighties. But a lot of, but I won't see them live. A lot of seventies acts just got really lame in the eighties. They should have just stopped Jefferson Airplane. I'm sorry. <laughs> although they did, they, like I like that song Jane. Like they were all right for a while, yeah, and then they, they got, got, then they started the. All these we bands, built this city all and all this horse shit. It's like oh. They should have stopped. Elton John, the Stones, the Who. Should have stopped. Okay, yeah. these people, they are very, Legendary. very talented music geniuses. I like the Who's And they're going to come up with, mm-hmm. you know, every once yeah. in a while, they're going to come up I with. I agree with you, the Stones thing. Sorry, the Paul McCartney shit. Paul McCartney, Michael Jackson. Paul yeah. McCartney, Stevie Wonder. I was like, oh. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Stevie Wonder actually can. Had, can 
Daniel yeah, but the, it's those collaborations that. Yeah, that I enjoyed. I enjoyed the uh, Ebony and Ivory the SNL like mock of tug of war, you tug know, of war. Joe Piscopo uh. playing Frank Sinatra or something. Yeah, <laughs> some shit. Uh, let me see. So before that, uh, there was a collage that I put in there that I did uh, for the show right before, in between um, the election in 2016 and when he took the oath of office. And I slapped all that together because, as we were talking about, like our favorite Westerns, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay, the outlaw, Josie Wells. Yeah, uh, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah, open range. Right. I don't know if it counts as a Western, but uh, Jeremiah Johnson. Blazing Saddles is one of my favorite Westerns. I don't care what you say. I really do. I think it is. It's, you know, before that, a mix that should go down in history as a legendary mix. Okay. So I'm pointing out the Beatles, the word. Mm-hmm. The word, of course, is love. That's from Rubber Soul, 1965. And before that, Run DMC, Word is Born, from Back to Hell, 1990. Now, the tie-in with the uh, the Run DMC thing is that that was also recorded at Chung King's House of Metal. When I, like, they were, our studio time was from 10 at night until 4 in the morning. Because mm-hmm. Run DMC was recording Back, back from Hell from 4 in the afternoon until 10 at night. Because they were fucked up at the time. Fucked up. Things were, things were going a little sideways for that crew. But I, you know, I mean, you know, Jason Mizell, who he had already, he had been in a car accident. He had already been shot. Mm-hmm. Right? And he owed like a bazillion dollars in taxes and shit. Uh, one of the other two guys was like literally down in, this guy, I never saw him without a 40. Like a 40 of Old English 800. You know, mm-hmm. the OE 80. <laughs> the OE 8 we used to call it. He had a 40 at all times. They had a posse, man. It was out of control. So their studio time was 40 afternoon until 10 at night. They were usually starting to wander around the place by about 9.15. You know. All right. They were done by then. And I would go up and, you know, I got to spend some time with Jam Master Jay. And we were using di- it was digital audio technology. The DAT shit had just started to mm-hmm. come into play at the time, and they had it in the studio downstairs. Jason was still running the tape, man. Mm-hmm. We would we would listen to stuff like Sound and Vision, the backbeats to that, backbeats to Average White Band, Zeppelin, you know, all awesome. that kind of stuff. Just hard. The harder the beat, the more he liked it. Seriously. He loved Great. that shit. So, you know, those were those were some interesting times back then. And kicking off the set, some friends of mine, man. I just saw Tom Semioli, man. That's the hippie nuts. Tom Semioli, of course, know your bass player. You mm-hmm. know, we'll be talking about that in a sec. Katina Bryant, Tim Champion, right? Song 30 Days in a Hole, you know, the classic Humble Pie song. And you can do Humble Pie, and then you can do Humble Pie well. And this is Humble Pie done really, really well. It's a great version of the song. Katina is a stage presence, very much like uh, Tammy Faye. She she's on stage. She she literally this is a person who belongs on stage. All right, you know, no fear. All presence, all exuding it out. She uh. She and she's exudes. like a little, you know, 
This is not a big person either. Right. She's a little packet of energy from Texas, you know? But uh, I've got a bunch of stuff by the hippie notes. I've played a bunch of stuff. Killer version of Black Dog. Zeppelin's Black Dog. They mm-hmm. do a great version of that. Whole bunch of great original stuff as well. So, you know, shout out to that crew right there. So, few few uh, things. You know, I was working on the song list. Just mm-hmm. couldn't get it together in time. I just, I just yeah. didn't have it in me. It's too long. It's too big. It is big. And, and I'm not good enough with Excel spreadsheets anymore the way right. they show up on a Google thing, which is why i got to come back and get a right. tutorial. I need the, uh, the, the Gramps Master Flash online how to, how to do shit properly tutorial. I already no wrote worries. it down. I got it written down. Song list. Yeah, song list. I've got it right there. But um, one of the funny things that happened this year, a couple of friends of mine who do not know each other met each other and became friends because they both realized they know me. And it happened on the number one train, on a, on a subway platform in All Manhattan right. for the number one train. Um, Rob Eisman, I went to high school with him, okay, was on a train, and he was, go- he was on Rosh Hashanah, and he was on his way to like a Rosh Hashanah dinner, and I guess some lady took very ill and like, you know, keeled over or whatever, so they had to stop the train, get, get EMS over there, and they bring her out onto the platform, and who else was there? Another very old dear friend of mine, Kenny Altman, who was the man who hired me for the coolest job I've ever had. He was the assistant manager at Tower Records. All right. Best, best job interview I've ever had. I filled out the application, mm-hmm. okay, and I came in for the interview, all right, and he goes, all right, blah, blah, blah. He goes, okay, um, I want you to name two records that you have in your collection that you listen to all the time that are completely different from each other. I went, okay, Fear, the record, Andreas Vollenweider, White Winds. He goes, great, come in tomorrow at 3 o'clock for orientation. <laughs> Bam, I was out the door. Seriously, best job interview I ever had. That was great. the whole thing. And basically right around that, either that day or within a day or two of, of when I got hired, Paul Page was also hired. And that's where we originally met, was working at Tower Records back in 80, is the spring of 85, I guess. Well, he met me, him, and uh, Andy Hilfiger, mm-hmm. Tommy's younger brother. The three of us all got hired like within a couple days of each other. We had some fun back then. In any event, Kenny is on the platform where the okay. train pulls in. One thing leads to another. I get a uh, note from Rob. He goes, hey, I think I'm at a friend of yours today. <laughs> you know? So, as it turns out, they're now friends. My friend Kenny Altman and my other friend Rob Eisman. Because this lady keeled over on the train. How about that? It was magic. It was, uh, what, what is it? Kismet. It's kismet. That's kismet, karma, whatever. Serendipity. Serendipity. There it is. Serendipitous. Uh, there are some other shows that uh, friends of mine, people I know, do. I mean, obviously, you got Tom Samioli doing a Know Your Bass Player. Now, mm-hmm. they just came out with season two. Season two. Now, Tom does the, the, the constant... Uh, on Facebook and on his site, he'll do little blurbs about, you know, seminal sides or this particular bass player, you know. And I'd say I've heard of about 75% of them. Okay. Yeah, 75% I'm familiar with. And then there's 25%. Like, I I may know the music a little bit, but 
I, I, I'm a big bean for music, so there is no amount of people who know about music that I won't, you know, take a look at what they've got. Because it, it doesn't have to be new to be new to me. Okay. Right, which, is, which is great. And, of course, this was the year that we finally came out with the Know Your Bass Player shirts, which I've got. And I All was. Right. I felt very uh, fortunate to have been uh, included in the first edition of the Know Your Bass Player fans wearing the shirt poster. And, side note, Kenny Altman also on that poster wearing his Know Your Bass Player shirt. So, season three, I believe he has been teasing that uh, season three, because he's got the YouTube channel for Know Your Bass Player. And so, season three, I believe, will be in 2020. So, we're going to have... For all you fanatics, and if you're into playing bass, this is where you go. This is the people that are into this. Um, uh, Tony Senator, Mark Preston, Mark Plott, uh, Tom Semioli, this whole crew of people. These guys, mm-hmm. they're the experts. They know. I know a lot. They know so much more about bass players, about playing, not just about bass players, but also about playing bass. All right. Okay. They're all they're all actual players. All right. I screwed around with a Fender Music Master a couple of times at CVGVs, you know, in a band called You Suck, and then called it a day. Okay. So, you know that was that was done. You know, I was I, I was I was much happier working the board and bugging the shit out of Hilly than I was being on stage and like with with guys. We were using a Rubik's Cube to the beat of the music, and we had a guy <laughs> who had broken his arm, and he so wanted to be in the show. So we did. We got a bucket. We put a microphone under the bucket, mm-hmm. and we went down. You know, the, the, the CBG was down on uh, the Bowery, and the guy walked down a couple of blocks and got a fish. Literally got a fish and had him smacking the fish on the bucket. <laughs> and like years later, I go into CBG's and Hilly looks at me and goes, oh, fish guy. Performance art. Fish guy. I thought it was pretty funny. But unbeknownst to me, my friend John Lynch, okay, mm. who got me into this thing, he had told somebody in the audience, and in between songs, somebody screams out, he goes, hey, turn up the fish. <laughs> like in between <laughs> songs, man. I was like, oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> you know? We want more fish. So there's that. Gene Pritzker. I got uh, some groove coming up from my boy Gene, okay? He started a new podcast. I was talking about this a few mm-hmm. shows ago. It's uh, Composers with Drinks Listening to Music. That's right. the name of it, and it is exactly as proffered. Okay. This is what it is. Gene, of course, he's... Uh, the, the amount of bands this guy's in, the amount of, he's, I don't know how many compositions he's, he's got out there that have either been performed or recorded. But it's in the hundreds, several, three, four, five, hundred. Okay. He, this guy's got frequent flyer miles at the yin-yang, dude. Every time I turn around, he's like, yeah, we're, we're performing, you know, such and such an or- orchestra in Vienna is performing this particular piece I wrote. Hop a plane, fly to Vienna, fly to Germany, fly to Switzerland. He's always, constantly, he also speaks fluent Russian. So right. that's kind of a bonus package. The show is him and... uh. Seth Bowstead. Uh, first episode was uh, let me just uh, October the twenty sixth. It's on Anchor, A N C H O R dot F M. Mm-hmm. So 
And it's basically uh, these two guys, they drink alcohol, listen and talk about music. Subjects range from composition, favorite drinks, whatever else comes in their minds. And, of course, you know, the longer the show goes on, the more, uh, well, the more they have to drink. Yeah. Do the math. Sure. Yeah, you just do the math on that one. But it's fun to listen to. Okay? These, these guys, first of all, it's fun just to hear them talk about serious compositional stuff. Not just the music, but technique. Okay? By the time, you know, after a couple of cocktails, they start to wander off. You know, it's not so much about, you know, well, I want to do this in a 16th note, and, you know, it's a mezzo forte, and, you know, stuff like mm. that. You want to bring a denouement into this particular section of the, you know, of an aria or whatever. It's like, well, you know, can <laughs> <laughs> you imagine how you mix that in, right? You know, the, uh-huh. it drifts up, but it's fun to listen to. These guys are, are very funny. Uh, another show, this one, if you like British music, this is the show. It's called Atlantic Tunnel with Ed and Gaz. It's uh, Ed Rogers and uh, Gary Thomas. Right, I met these cats. Uh, I went to Tom Semioli, invited me to go out to dinner with, uh, with um, uh, shit. Now I can't remember. Morgan Fisher, who the uh, keyboard player from Mata Hoople. And uh, so we all went out to dinner. I got to meet those guys. And they have a show. It's now on uh, The Face Radio. That's what it's called. It's on the internet. They actually have a bunch of cool shows on this particular channel. It's run out of Brooklyn. It used to, I think it was called, uh, used to be called, well, I can't remember what it used to be called. All right. It used to be called something else. Okay. But um, now they're on. The Face Radio. It's an internet channel. It's in Brooklyn. They got some cool stuff on there. And it's British stuff. These guys know they're Brit Rock. Okay. okay. These guys, they know so much more about that shit than I ever will. You know, that's my thing is I'll look through the lineup and find the songs that I don't know. All right. You know, various stuff or stuff that I think I know and only discover that I don't. So that's pretty cool. And uh, there's another show. That I discovered recently. It's called Spin Cycle, and it's a guy named Sal Maeda. Sal used to play bass with uh, Roxy Music. He's played with a whole bunch of people. It's on uh, it's the, the Lot, the Lot Radio, um, and that you that used to be Little Water Radio, which is what I think Ed and Gadget Show used to be on. They're now on Face Spin Cycle is on Lot Radio. He's got. You know, he's got all the shows are available on SoundCloud. This guy's old school rock and roll, man. He knows his rock and roll. It's it's a it's the it's the spin cycle college of rock and roll knowledge. Uh just listening to this because he was there. Mm-hmm. He played with you know, he's played I don't know how many bands he's played with, but dude, we're talking major rock and roll bands. He's played with a whole shit shitload of them. He also uh he's a writer as well. He's got some books coming out, uh he had a uh, uh, kind of a memoir, I guess, that he wrote because he was from Little Italy. That's where he's, you know, originally from. He's from New York, you know, downtown boy. But uh, he also, here's an interesting uh, Six Degrees of Tony, mm-hmm. okay? He actually did some of the music for the uh, short-lived HBO series, uh, the Mick Jagger, uh, Scorsese thing, uh, Vinyl. Vinyl. Okay, I All right. never heard of it. Yeah, it was, you know, it was what it was. Um, but uh, he wrote some of the tracks, some of the stuff for the soundtrack of that. 
You know who else did that? Did some mm. stuff for that? Mm. That's right. My boy, Ron Sunshine. Oh. Connection time. I love it, baby. We keep hooking it up. I got some, uh, well, first of all, anything else caught your eye in particular over the last year? Or have you been so wrapped up? Yeah, you know, it hasn't been the greatest uh, year in the world for uh, for some of us. Oh, but I'm going to make it better in a oh, second. Oh, boy. I'm going to make it better in a second. But uh, I have a lot to be grateful for besides you because, you know, I've already told oh. you on, on and off the air. Because, yeah, because uh, for the audience, when uh, when Tony contacted me, and I think it took me a while to, to contact you back because – I remember the, the first lunch right yeah. down there. Where we did. In downtown Hollywood. Yeah. Because uh, at the time, I had just come off of a series of being jerked around by a lot of people that had wasted my time. Right. You know, and, yeah, you and told I was, me that. And I was really just disgusted – with with humanity, so I didn't uh, take you seriously at first when you when you contacted me because a lot of people had just done that. I had just gone through like three uh, proto shows, you, yeah. you know, through the beginnings of developing and just wasted a lot of my time developing like shows for people that, uh, in some cases, they didn't even do their first show. They just wasted a lot of my time creating the uh, the elements and everything really? like that. And I was just How disgusted by not even at least uh, uh, Oh, they realize because, because when it comes to the point, and I don't have to tell you because you know, when it gets to the point where where I have to tell them where they realize that it's work, yeah. it's work on their part because show business, they say there's no business like show business. What it should be is there's no business as misunderstood yeah. as show business because people see – they see something. They see the show. They see the product. They don't see the pre-production. And they don't understand the amount of work that goes into making the product. They just want to be a star. Everybody has stars in their eyes. And they think that magic elves do all the work. <laughs> and and I'm like, yeah, I'm the magic elf, so you have to pay me to I've do it. I've got a magic elf right. right you got to pay me. But also, there's a lot on you. And I tell them that, and they're like, whoa, you know, because I don't have to tell you. When you're the content generator... Yeah, it requires a lot of reading, a lot of writing. Uh, yeah. In your case, a lot of uh, surfing for music, and 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 a lot of thought, and a lot of time, and a lot of energy. And and when when that realizes, you know, when that the realization sinks in with people, they uh, they they lose any interest. You know, they think it's just going to be fun. It's like no, it's. Also well, it fun. Is fun. It is fun, yeah. but but there's a lot of there's a lot of work that goes into it yeah. before you can enjoy the the fun part of it. Well, so we, I didn't take you seriously. So besides, um, you know, being thankful to you for for keeping this whole thing going, essentially, uh, I have a lot of wonderful you know friends in my life as well in my family. You know, I have the the, the two daughters, the granddaughter, uh, you know, my son in law, Master Flash. I am. I, I, lo- I love being a grandpa. She's going to be four in like a month. You know, my granddaughter and well, and she's I got a, some. A holy I got one thing. So I got a lot to be grateful for. Uh, you know, yeah, other man. than the obvious. I got. I got. I saw this. I'm in New York. You know, a week and a half ago, and at Columbus Circle, they set up this thing where it's like you know all these booths with you know independent small craft yeah. kiosk yeah, things type in. things. And there I am, I'm walking around, I'm looking for stuff, and I was just kind of wandering around, mm-hmm. you know, because it's close to where my mom is, I was on my way back home from something. And I wandered through, and then and then there it was. It caught my eye. And I couldn't help my myself, so I got one for you, All right. and I got one for Arabella. Check, check this out. Open that puppy okay. up, which 
I get just, my good glasses on. Oh here. yeah, not not just that. You you better get a towel or something. Okay. Younger daughter, I got dri- the paper towels right, right right here. Something Can I like tear that. this bag? Yeah, go ahead, tear the bag, baby. Okay, be careful. But you're gonna because we always complain every year. Oh. Now that's the male. This one is for Arabella. It's a female. That is awesome. The roller skater. That is awesome. They don't have them. They do, yeah. They don't have them. Now they do. Now they Look do. The little roller skater thingy, baby. It's a little roller skater keychain. That's beautiful. Thank you this so much. This guy makes these little wire concoctions. I'll tell you something. They had one there, but it was like 100 and something dollars. I was like, all right, oh, geez. hold on a second. Let's see. But no, it was like a DJ. It was a DJ bag. one. That's awesome. Like Thank you so much. Tables. You're welcome, man. Merry Christmas. That's beautiful. And this one is a matching I'm gonna, one. I'm going to let her open it. The one that you have is the guy. This one is the girl's that's one. Great. She's got a dress and longer hair. I hang this on her little skate purse. Yeah, but that's it. It's just the roller oh, skate. Thank thing. you so much, man. This you're, is the thing we, we always talk about. Yeah, man. they don't have skating tchotchkes. They yeah, don't have nothing. That's awesome. roller skaters, man. It's a bunch of bullshit. That's awesome. That is cool. That's the coolest. It's literally too big to be an actual keychain. I want to hang it somewhere. But it does hang. I don't have a Christmas tree yet, but uh, I'm going to make a Christmas tree. Thank you. beautiful. You know what? Yeah. That's for my boy right there. Because the, the roller skating thing, I was like, eh. I, I, That's right. I literally zoned right I'm going to get you to promise on the air because you were talking off the air about going ah. roller skating. Yeah. I got a bunch of, uh, what are we, I got shout outs to all kinds of people. Uh, various people. My friend Roger hits just for basically steering me in the right direction every time I go in the wrong direction. This guy's he does his trivia thing out, at, uh, out in Queens, you know. And he's getting back into doing stuff again, which is good. I want him on the air. I told him, I was like, dude, why don't you go? Because he used to do radio. Mm-hmm. Then he went into writing. And I'm like, go back to radio, man. It's, you know, you should be back on the air. You can have a lot of fun. So I'm calling you out, Raj. Get back on the air, brah. That's what I'd like to see. Verkstadt. Yeah. Best school launch in New York City. Robin and uh, Tom. All right, my friends out there. Verkstadt's uh, Austrian restaurant. Named Best Pretzel. Best Salt Pretzel in New York. Oh. Which is saying something. But the goulash, and also, he does something with the macaroni and cheese. I don't know what he does, but it's literally, it's it's ambrosia, man. Shit is off the chain. And bonus package for me. I go back uptown, up to the old neighborhood, and an old friend of mine, Gianni, okay? Mm-hmm. When I was living up at 105th, around the corner from me, there was a pizza, a little pizzeria. And Gianni worked there. His grandmother was running the joint. She's now 100. His mm-hmm. grandmother's 100. She's still, you know, kicking it for considering she's about four I'll, foot. I'll nothing. take it. I'll take oh, it. Oh, hell yeah. But he, they closed the place down for any number of reasons. And that was years and years ago. And, well, all of a sudden, like within the last year or so, he opened up Mama's too, one block up from there. So I go uptown. I didn't even know it was there. I go uptown with my friend Barry, and he goes, hey, I'm going to go go over and say hello to Johnny. I got to talk to him. It's like a poker conversation or some shit like that. All right? I was like, you're kidding me? He's like, yeah. Go in there. Johnny's there, man. And the pizza, the way they do it, it's like he brings back his grandmother's. His grandmother used to go be in there like 8 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning cooking. You know? I'd be on my way to work. I could see her. You know, I'd be coming around heading mm-hmm. towards the train. I'd see her in there, you know, the big pots and stuff like that. Gianni got those recipes, but the pizza. Huh. Mm-hmm. 
just old school, man. Real. He got himself a house out in Howard Beach with the rest of the Cushines. So he's happy as a clam. So that was a, that was great for me to see. I love that kind of, you know, what's old is new type thing. I, you know, now, anytime I go back up, I, you know, normally I go to Jerusalem Falafel because I get the best shawarma in New York. All right. I like that. It's, it's not that, that compressed lamb. Okay. You know, it's the real sliced lamb or something. That's great. And they're great. And they're on Broadway between 103rd and 4th. But now I got Gianni between 105th and 106th. Yeah. Fuck the falafel, man. <laughs> Fuck that shit. I'm, I'm all about the Mama's Two Pizza, man. Seriously, I'm all about it. Um, you know, I have a real special shout-out to my uh, to my brother, Dan, who is uh, down in Tucson. I think he's, yeah, he's in Tucson through the end of the year. I think he's, he finished off all his stuff. He hooks me up. That's how I ended up getting hooked up with uh, Rob Morgenstein. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got some stuff coming up later with that. Um, but, you know, Dan really, he was one of the more encouraging people when I started doing this. You know, he was like, yeah, you just keep doing it. Don't don't stop. Even, even, if, you, even if it's not working right, it will eventually. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, he runs Modern Works Publishing. He knows, you know, he's been in the music business basically his whole life. And, uh, you know, when there's stuff that I want and I, you know, I need to get my hands on something or some sort of new music or somebody that's on his roster, some shit like that, bam, he's there. Never, ever lets me down. So, you know, it's my brother Dan, man. And, uh... You know, coolest thing I can say is that I've got pictures of him because he uh, one of the, one of the artists he represents is Bootsy Collins. All right, okay, who is you know a living he's literally a living legend. He's a living legend, Bootsy Collins. At this point, the guy played with James Brown at the age of eighteen. Anything else you need to know? Nope. There you there it is. Oh, I'm sorry. He's basically known as the bridge mm. between James Brown and Parliament Funkadelic. Which pretty much makes him the funkiest guy on the planet. Indeed. That's it. He he is the funk by which all other funk is is gauged. Alright? Indeed. I got a picture of my brother. I got a couple of them actually. There's one picture I have with my brother and Bootsy Collins. And Bootsy always looks like Bootsy. Mm-hmm. He always looks like Bootsy. And my brother always kind of looks like my brother. And they really don't look like two people you'd expect to see <laughs> standing arm in arm, smiling and having having fun with each other. It is a it's it is a bizarre, bizarre sight. So, you know, that's uh that made me happy. While I was in New York, after I went down and saw that show with Mark Preston, I went up and uh went back uptown and got to play a little poker with a very good and guy I've known for, I don't know, 35 years or something. An old friend of mine, Eric Alterman. Neighborhood, he's a New Yorker like me. Born, raised, Upper West Sider, to the bone. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, went and got to sit in on a little poker. Made enough money. I won, I won just enough money to pay for the cab ride home. Great. Yeah. So you had a free night. It was a perfect, perfect night for Tony. Perfect night. Music, friends, poker, little chow, cab ride home. It was great. Great. And uh, he's got some new stuff. He's got some new mastered material that's going to be coming out this year with his band, The Slow Guns. All right. But you know what? I delved 
into the archives, and I found a great live version of a song of his that I love. And this is how you put a Telecaster to good use. The slow guns mm-hmm. yeah, on the Groove Don at SoFloRadio.com. <laughs> Go from 
from Midnight Blue. You've seen these photos in movies on A&E about sharks, and there's always that pilot fish uh, right next to it. Uh, in uh, freshwater fishing, you have smallmouth bass, largemouth bass, and something called the lumpery eel. But you have the same thing in radio. You have the host, and you have the lowest IQ, miniaturized dick, minute capabilities next to these denizens of the radio waves. In Florida, you have the same problem. George Rodriguez is a Cuban. He works for Neil Rogers, who's the best of the radio people there. But he's, he's, he's low IQ, slow-moving, small dick, and androgynous. And so to Rodriguez, who won't know about this unless we send him a tape, fuck you.
say man when he's gone huh because he dies when it dies man when it dies he dies what are they gonna say about him what they're gonna say he was a kind man he was a wise man he had plans he had wisdom bullshit man am i gonna be the one that's gonna set them straight look at me wrong Because of that, G. 
it'll be your last no shot. Yo, it's getting dark. Don't you forget the handshake in the park. The one that feels your fate. And it's your five days for every hour that you made. But the pain of me, pain me. And you'll see what happens if you dismiss me. I'll stop your balls in your throat if you piss me off. When my fist connects to my face, it won't be soft. Payback's a waste, cause you don't know. My information that you spent have all my money on blow. I hope you enjoy sticking on the dope. Cause if you leave even a second, I'll put a bullet in your back and go out. Your family in a row, bullets in the heads of the ones you love and know. Where you gonna go with the police? Most of them suckers are on my payroll, please. Up for you, but to get down on your knees. That's my black trigger, big in the release. What you wanna do is pay back your mom. Don't want to fuck with the load shark. I'm on your case, son. 24 7 on and on. I need a cash suit. My time was up with the rising tone. Try to kiss me. He's the man that was on. Get your pet your last load shark. I'm on your case, son. 24 7 on and on. Yeah, cash suit. My time was up with the rising tone. Try to kiss me. He's the man that was on. Get your pet will be your last load shark. I'm on the run from the gun of the load shark. Looking in the dark, talking hard. Shadows make my heart stop. That my life on a wager. Me a favor, sick behavior. Now I'm rapping for a savior. Should I take a mouth? Think of the south. What am I thinking about? I heard it from word of mouth. The shark is a slaughterhouse. Duck around corners. Dream in the corner. Find out my body in pieces. And a dozen for eaters. And I wear my sneakers. From the dodging and running. Never can you know when the long shark's coming. As I peer over the rooftops in fear. Epiphany. I'm over the clarity. It's here. I see the life that I once had. The respect of my friends. Wish of the days you thought would never end. There's only one way. One put the satisfaction. I fall free from worry. And I owe my last action. Fuck from the star in the jaws of the long shark. Breakers apart, you married to the loan shark till death to us part. Loan shark, give me a dollar, take my soul. You always pay the price of the loan shark toll. It's cash and pull that's required. My guns are all loaded and fired. Here comes the flash, don't you know that I'm tired of chasing? Cooked up beans and lied on any in despair, a world without borders Caught in the current of the Lone Shark Brothers In the hip-hop game, we are the Lone Shark crew Style liberation, the legend continues I'm on your case, son 24-7 on and on I need a cash suit My time was up the rising pole Try to catch me He's the method that was on He's a bad dream We'll be your last Lone Shark I'm on your case, son 24-7 on and on I need a cash suit My time was up the rising pole Try to catch me He's the method that was on He's a bad dream We'll be your last Lone Shark I'm on your case, son 24-7 on and on I need a cash suit My time was up the rising pole Try to catch me He's the method yeah, baby. How you like that? Lone Shark, that is Sound Liberation. That was uh, Gene Pritzker's first band, at least the first one that I'm aware of. Um, so that's back about, that's at least 20 years ago. At least. Yeah, no, about, yeah, 20 years ago sounds about right to me. All right, that's uh, that's when I first met him and Sean. I got a little something, something from uh, Sean Sack coming up later. But um, he has done, over the years, he did some of the soundtrack for Avatar. He does a lot of work with composers, concordance. He's got another band I played on the show as well called Groove Possessed. So anything, anything with the word groove in it, I'm going to at least, you know, they're, they're going to. Yeah, I, I'm gonna pay give it a hand. shot. Yeah, man, you, you get you get your shot there. So, you know, I thought that was fun before that. Yeah, Dennis Hopper. Wrong! Look at me. Wrong! <laughs> I love that, man. Before that, can't go wrong. Aretha Franklin. Saved me from I Never Loved a Man. The Way I Love You. It came out in 67. And that's a King Curtis song. Um, 
It was written by King Curtis and uh, it's produced by the great Tom Dowd. That particular, I played the original version of that. I also played the, uh, fuck, I wrote it down here somewhere. Uh, maybe I didn't write it down. Uh, I, who wrote, I played a version of that by Nina Simone. Remember? Mm-hmm. I would say she was like up, she was, she was nominated to be in a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I was like, I literally had to go through like 50 songs before I could find one of hers that I liked. And of course, it's an Aretha Franklin song. Now, Nina Simone does a pretty good version of that song, by the way. It's, 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 it is good. But that's about it. That's all, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I literally, that's the only thing by her I, I, I maintain in the, uh, you know. All right. Yeah, I mean, I have The Vault. Where, mm. you know, I keep all kinds of stuff I'm never going to listen to. Simply because I say to myself, you never know. Ten years from now, you might have a whole new appreciation for whatever ridiculous, you know, trip-hop genre crap I have. Or acid jazz mixes. I I have like 15 different acid jazz CDs, you know, sitting in there. And I, I every about every six months or so, I'll whip one out. And try and listen to the whole thing. Nope. Yeah, no, I can't. That's... Um, I try. Jazz and I went our separate ways, as yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. Sometime after Cab Calloway and this, Desi this, Arnaz. This, no, this, yeah. this whole, like, trip-hop, acid-jazz, yeah. yeah. pseudo-club. You know, some of the electronic music, the experimental electronic oh, that I'm going to put in there for you to listen yeah, to... Yeah, I've listened to some of the is, stuff you played for me. ...is I- evocative of what... Of what I hear the the jazz fans describe that I'm not hearing, <laughs> but I'm hearing it in this in this, in this offbeat yeah. weird electronica that I'm discovering lately. No, so, I've got that that folder that you sent. To yeah, me. I got to add some. It's not I built yet. I actually played something from that. It's uh, not built yet. Wildfire, I think it was. Yes, Wild Light. Wild Light. That was that's a cool song, man. Yes, they've got some jazzy stuff. Yeah, man. So, so but you know, Ricky can't go wrong with that. Before that, that. When when this 12-inch remix came out, okay, NME, New Musical Express, called it the greatest mm. 12-inch remix ever. Literally, ever. So, uh, 1985, I believe, is when it came out. Grace Jones, Slave to the Rhythm. Yeah, Sly Dunbar, Robbie Shakespeare getting their swirl on in that. I, I First of all, Grace Jones is awesomeness on a plate. Yeah. She is a platter full of Awesome, as far as I'm concerned, man. I I saw Grace Jones uh, Paradise Garage. This is I don't know a bazillion years ago. She came out like three in the morning in basically a see-through bodysuit. Three okay. in the morning. That's when her yep. set started. The place is packed and hot. That was the other thing. It was so hot in that place. It was just off Varick Street at the time, man. Before that, well. You know, even when Al Goldstein insults you, the fact that he knows your name right. is what that, – that puts you into a whole element of, of – Yeah, I told you. He did that like three times also and like twice in writing in uh, Screw Yeah, Magazine. I've got them. Well, you, yeah, but you were actually friends. Yeah, and I can't say enough that I, I miss him and I really wish that I should have yeah. just hitchhiked to New York when he was up there in the VA hospital. Yeah. Seeing him in, in uh, that, that, the, the movie The so Hustler. Thin. The Hustler movie. So thin, with the hose on his nose. What was yeah. the name of that movie? I can't remember. Back Issues? Yeah, right, yeah. The Hustler, the, the thing about Hustler. Yeah, yeah, great, great movie. Yeah, fantastic documentary. But seeing Al 
He was so thin. And so thin, but, but I'm so glad that they, he's like, I'm glad that they gave him the credit that he was due in that film. Yes. Because certainly he few is people a pioneer did. in it's yeah. not about porn, it's about free speech. Certainly. Well, he was a he was a self-admitted hedonist degenerate, but so what? He felt that he was entitled to be Absolutely. himself. It was his life, and he deserved to live it the way that he saw fit. Well, he didn't do anything was, with kids. He didn't involve yeah, kids. That clips so, from Midnight Blue when I was growing up and mm-hmm. I was a kid. That was when Midnight Blue started on Channel mm-hmm. J on uh, Manhattan Cable. Yeah. yeah, and you know, when you're 15, any titties are good titties. You yeah, know? no, right. Sure. You know, there was there was Midnight Blue and then there was the Late Late Blue. They they added like a new one in there. Then of course there was uh what is it uh Uncle So and So there's some crazy hair shows on that and uh what is it, Robin Bird. For all you bird watchers out there. <laughs> you know, that was Channel J back in the day. I actually met somebody who were was a writer for Screw. It was at a party at one of these Clubs down in uh, the Meatpacking District. This was back in like 98 or something when I was working uh, for Free Ride. And uh, yeah, it's about 90, 97, 98, somewhere in there. And I got invited to go to this party. And the party, <laughs> the name of the club was called Jackie O60. Jackie 60, I think. Jackie or Jackie O60. And it was it was like in a spot in the Meatpacking District down, you know, in. Uh, in uh, Chelsea on the west side in Manhattan, but it was like a space that would change the club mm-hmm. name and and you know what it was like. But in this night, it was Jackie Sixty, and it was for the premiere of I. This is I'm not kidding, okay? Extreme Fetish Quarterly, okay? Not monthly, just all right. Extreme they Fetish. Just, listen, quarterly. four times a year, but we do it right. <laughs> I mean, extreme. That it's is worth the wait. Quarterly. Yeah. Yeah. I just... Worth. I don't know. It would, yeah, that, no, the regular run-of-the-mill fetishes are, uh, no, 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 are no, no, too no. much for me. This shit was... Yeah, D, they had DJ St. James spinning for them. You know, I mean, this is a guy who would play with, like, you know, Pig Face and Einstein's Denoy Bouton. I saw and DJ St. James. I remember seeing them. That's where I first met DJ St. James was at this party. This was, a, this was a weird party, man. That was weird. Before that, the Sonics... Bad Betty. Now, the Sonics, say what you will, I'm going I'm going to get shit for this, but that's the best rock and roll to come out of Seattle. Okay? Say okay. what you will about Hendrix, Nirvana, Soundgarden. I like them all. But the Sonics, okay? They they sit upon the throne. Okay? And they their stuff came out, you know, here's the Sonics and stuff like that. Sonic Boom. I have all mm-hmm. that stuff. That's like, you know, you're talking 64, 65. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't release anything for 50 years. Mm-hmm. 50 years, and they came out with that. I played it on the very first Groovathon. Bad Betty. A okay. great song. Kicking off the set, an old and dear friend of mine, really good pal of mine. Okay, Eric Alterman, the band, the Slow Guns. That is a live version of uh, Gulf of Mexico. Now, he's got a newly mastered version that he's going to be coming out with. They're coming out with some new material mm-hmm. in the, this year. The uh, CD is together. I'm hoping that my friend uh, Jody is going to be doing some of the photos for the uh, for the CD, you know, cover and stuff like that. You know, I love it when I can get like two friends 
We do two different things. Yeah. You know, but it's chocolate peanut butter, baby. It's 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 the Reese's Reese's right. you know two great tastes that taste great, great together. together absolutely man so um, that is a live version I'm not sure it's either from Desmond's or from Arlene's Grocery I can't remember which place it's from but Slow Guns this is this is Tom Petty okay on a smaller scale I mean no offense Eric. Tom Petty's Tom Petty, okay? But for just straight-up American rock and roll, like I said, Eric knows how to put a Telecaster to proper use, okay? I was watching Saturday Night Live. There's this guy on there. He's just good-looking. He's got the band, and he comes out, and he's got a telly. And it mm-hmm. looks like it's, you know, I remember talking about this. The, the road worn. You can buy a brand-new telly that looks <laughs> like it's been on the road for 30, 40 years. And this guy had one like that. And the song's going on, and I'm waiting. I'm waiting mm. for him to u- put that Telecaster to proper use. And never did it. Mm. And I wrote, I literally wrote down a note to myself. I got the guy's, I have, the, I have it here somewhere. I actually wrote it down. Uh, this is it. The guy's name is uh, Neil, Neil Horan. N-I-A-L-L Horan. And I wrote down, Waste of, waste of a Telecaster. I literally wrote down, waste of a telecast. <laughs> no need for that, except it looked cool. Okay. All right. Uh, now, Eric, on the other hand, that. his telecaster is genuinely road-worn, and he puts it to proper use. It's worn because it's been played properly for years and years and years and years. So I love that shit. Hey, you know what? It's time for me to take care of the people who take care of me, and I'm going to tell you something straight up, pal. All right, this list, it, it gets, it gets added to so frequently. Okay, remember I was I, I need a tutorial. I'm gonna need a tutorial because I'm gonna have to use an Excel spreadsheet just to keep track. So the, the gratitude list. Yeah, the the exponentially increasing amount of mucho mahalos, you know, that I got out there. I'm gonna start at the top on this one though because without our angel, right? Without our angel. We don't get to float on a cloud that is the SoundCloud. Angel Espina. Set us all up. Shout out, mucho mahalo, brother. Yo, absolutely. This guy, talk about a commitment to just wanting more radio, more music, more varied kinds of stuff. A genre, without genre. Sans genre. A commitment to a genreality. Okay, so Angel Speeding, a shout-out for me personally. I got a few shout-outs here. Mark Mingell and the crew at Mingell Dental. They just yanked out my uh, my wisdom tooth, gave me a whole set of new choppers and stuff. Great. Mark just had a uh, a third baby, all girls. He's like, yeah, I'm done. That's it. Three girls, done. <laughs> yeah, well, I got two. I can't talk. Yeah, I mean, Kathy, the whole crew over there, they treat me great. They're really cool. Shout-out to Manya Borman. Who has been cutting my hair down here? I swear to God, for like since about two thousand three, maybe okay. two thousand three, two thousand four, somewhere in there. All right, and every time I go and see her, right, and she worked at one of these highfalutin places. Man, this is just the you know, it's the spa at blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. You know, one that was Turnberry before. Now she's now she's in a place that's even more hoity-toity. I couldn't believe it. 
But she's going to stay there for a while. The guys that run that joint are really cool. And every time I see her, okay, without fail, I always look better leaving than I did coming in. Every time. Without fail, she manages to actually turn. Because she says, she's like, okay, you you got to go back to being an adult now. You're going back home. Right. You know, anytime I go, she's like, you need the adult haircut. Yeah. You know? So God bless you, Manya. You know, I got... Now that, you know, with the house and everything, I've got like a whole... Bo- I got a Christmas card this morning from my pool guy. Yeah. So shout out to Danny, man, and the uh, crew at Aquanita Pool Services. He's the lucky recipient of a uh, of my mangoes. The one, you know, I froze all those mangoes. So anytime he shows up, like a lot of time he'll show up so early, I'm not even awake yet. You know, it's six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning or some shit like that. He's getting started. But if I'm awake and he's there, he gets a mango every time. So he loves them, man. He's, he's like, I love these mangoes. He's totally into it. So I couldn't be happier. Found a cat on my block, Sean Brown. He runs a company called Under the Sun Boys Landscapers. Yo, this is my boy right here, man, because I originally wanted to do all this shit myself. And it's just not happening. There's just stuff I can't handle. You know, mm-hmm. when I had the iguanas, I had to get rid of that big bush. He was out there. He's got one of these things. It's like a chainsaw type thing. But for bushes, like the long, you know, with the, 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 the mm-hmm. you know, it's not like uh, on a chain. It's got the oscillating blades type things. This, okay. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is chakra torture type tools and shit. So Sean, man, is just, and he's, you know, he lives around the corner from me. So it's great. It's perfect. So, you know, anytime something needs to, he knows when it's time to do the yard because he drives by it pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. So I'll get, I'll get the text from him. He's like, yeah, good. Time to, time to do the edging. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Come on over. And, you know, this morning, just like I do, you know, every time before the show, I pop into Denise's kitchen over on Copeland's. Go in there. Remember, I was telling you about the lady singing his uh, I'm going to Montana. Right. All right. Today it was Santana. She had Santana. Going on to her. Santana? She had Montana. Santana on her brain. <laughs> and then I was like, well, it could be worse. You could have Abba running through your head. She's like, no! Oh, no! Abba. Come yeah. on. So I left her with, uh, I ain't got nobody that I can depend on. No te guanadie. From a Braxis or whatever that guy mm-hmm. was a Braxis or Santana, one of those two albums. So God bless him at Denise's Kitchen. Went over there, got my BLT. Now I was in a lunch mood today. I was up earlier, so I'd had breakfast at like eight thirty nine or something. So I got myself the BLT. They they treat me right, baby. They're great. God bless them, and they're right up the block. That's one of those things. I'm a you know if you're from New York, diners are a thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Being able to get the breakfast special, being able to get in and out fast, stuff like that. Being able to just sit down at the counter. You know, the minute you walk in, they just shove a cup of coffee in front of you. That kind awesome. of thing. I love that shit, man. And, you know, and there's a lot of regulars that go there. And now I'm one of them. You know? And so, shout out. And, of course, yeah, you know who I'm talking about, right? Dave? Yep. Yeah, finally got to meet Dave. Oh, yeah, I know. That's right. You finally got to meet Dave. I mm-hmm. dropped off the car. Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida. Yeah, 954-247-9362. Dropped it off before I went to New York. When I got back, whew. It was shiny. It was 
it's not not that it's shiny. It's just it's it's the tune-up part, mm-hmm. you know. And he was like, you know, the the filter for the inside air thing was you know a bit mucky, but he uh, redid the uh, tranny fluid. Okay, tuned the whole thing up, put a new tire on that I very much needed. Apparently, he showed me the old one. I was like, oops. He's like, how come you don't pay attention? I was like, well, that's what I got you for. He's like, stop it. You saw the cars there. You saw the cars. Oh my god, what beautiful cars! Okay, you saw the cars. You know what I'm talking about. They're doing God's work there. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a reason why people go to Dave. All you got to do is look at the cars that other people have brought in. You just go, okay, if they're gonna bring that shit, what was it, the '67 Vet with the 327 in it? Oh, that's Mm -hmm. that's a nice car. That's the last year of that model. After that, they went to the Mako. I went to the Mako model, the 68, which is what my cousin had. So the 67 was the final year of that, of one body style, and they go into the 68. Mm-hmm. But, you know, left the car there, and my boy Dave picked me up, you know, when I got uh, got home on Wednesday, drove it right there. He, remember that, that car that you liked, the little uh, MG? little yes. white MG? Yeah. He had to, he hid the keys underneath the wheel well of the MG. Mm-hmm. You know, because my flight was delayed by hours. I didn't get to, like, you know, pick up the car until like nine or something. But yeah, the MG is still sitting there. It's, it's like a cute it's little an adorable car. car. It is. It's a cute little car, man. You know, I love that shit. So shout out to Dave, the entire ASC certified crew. You know, I taught. There's there's just so much we we still got to get to, but you know, easy to get to. You go to site, okay. Click on a link. It'll tell you everything you need to know. Trust me, it's the place where people who love their cars. Take their cars. Yeah, I wanted some long hang time in it, bro. You know? But it is. For you sure saw that. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. He's doing beautiful work there. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Hemi Cuda in there. I don't know what that thing's It's worth more than my house, I'll tell you that. And that car. And what was that other one? The, uh, that big old car. It looked like something out know. of, like, Leave it to Beaver. Studebaker. Yeah, like, like a big. But it was shiny. Bomb. Yeah. It was, that was. I don't know what that car was, but it looked like something from My Three Sons, you know? Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Oh, my God. That's a song I don't want going through my head. <laughs> That's what this chick at the diner was saying. Once I said Abba, she was like, no! Hey, I was like, all I, right, I got some more Santana for y'all. No, I'm not going to do that to you, I baby. don't know another I don't song. I don't know a bad food. Abba song. I've never heard a bad one. What are you I, don't, about? I don't want her spitting on my food because I left her with Abba running through her head. So that's why I, I went right to the Santana, you know, as I walked out. And then I tipped her very generously as a way of saying, oops, sorry about that. I don't want to have her running through her head even for five, ten seconds if she don't want it. All She's right. classic I'll rock, say, man. I love this portion. gal. She's always there at the perfect time, too, you know, because it's in between breakfast and lunch. So they're, like, doing all the silverware stuff. and it's, You know, it's nice. It's casual. It's easy. You go in there at about 8 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. it's in, it's. There's you got to you wait, and on the weekends there's a line, and there's a reason for it, cause they get away. They do these banana pancakes, like Ooh. banana chocolate chip pancakes, and they do them also with waffles. Oh my god, what an indulgence that shit is! Of course, it is time for the drive groove. Yeah, yeah, boy. You know. As always, shredders, you know, but shredders in, that's one of the things that I guess I really kind of 
take a lot of pride in is that there is no category. Mm-hmm. Okay, the only category is is a groovy. That's it. Genre has no place. Groovy is all encompassing. All right, this cat kicking off the uh, the drive groove. I've known this guy. I was with him the day he got his very first guitar. Adam Rogers, man. He, I was like, I think I was fourteen. He was thirteen. Brought it up from uh, from Manny's down at Forty Eighth Street. It was a cream on white Strat. Well, let me tell you something. Since then, Adam has toured the world, and he's got a band called Dice. And basically, it's uh, he you know snagged the drummer from uh, Patatucci's Guitar Quartet, Nate Smith. One of the guys I describe as uh, Little Kit, Big Boom. He, he's not wait. He doesn't need the Neil Pert, you know, the war Carl Palmer, the Wallow drums. Okay, you know, he's got a five thousand drums, five piece set. Okay, and sought after at the as is Adam. I played stuff from him. Uh, he was on a Jeff Beck tribute album. I almost played right. it. He did a Freeway Jam killer, killer. But we're gonna kick it off. You ready? I'm ready. All right. It's Adam Rogers and Dice on the Drive Groove. SFORadio.com.
Anthony Peter Coleman. Private First Class. Operation Urgent Fury. Recipient of the Purple Heart. Pending further review. Uh-huh, okay. And uh, your puppet's name? Tony. Okay. All right, well, let's go ahead and hear from Tony. Go ahead. Tell him. It was a hot night in Grenada. The enemy was in the trees, the mud, everywhere. Sarge said call in the airstrike, but I must have got my wires crossed. Our own jets came screaming down on us in rain fire. It was like a cookout, and we were the meat. I used my best friend as an umbrella. Okay, all right. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs>
Rod Morgenstein from the Dixie Dregs and Winger, and you're listening to Tony C's Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com. <laughs>
That is, you know, one guy sitting down, and he did that especially for the Groove of Don. A couple of years ago, that is a good friend of mine, Sean Satin, the first Noel. So I was like, hey, man, I need something holiday-ish. And that's what I got. I mean, you know, far out, man. I, I dig that stuff. I met him and uh, Gene Pritzker basically at the same time. They both went to Manhattan School of Music. Sean, now, and he just... I guess I'm allowed to say it because he posted it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, he had been teaching at Turtle Bay Music uh, in New York, and I guess that place closed down. Well, Sean, Sean wasn't out of work long, baby, because uh, he said that he is now going to be teaching music at Horace Mann High School. Now, if you don't live in New York, you're not from New York, you're not around there, do you probably don't know you know, Horace Mann doesn't mean shit to you. No. Okay. But if you are, let's look at it from this point of view. I now have hope for the future of this nation and of this world. And here's why. Sean is going to be expanding the musical boundaries and artistic boundaries mm-hmm. for kids who are going to go on to become leaders, political leaders, business leaders, influential people. That's who goes to Horace Mann. Okay. Okay, Horace Mann, all these, these schools, okay, they breed presidents, secretaries of state, ambassadors, business moguls, Supreme Court judges. It's literally, they, they have, they... They, they literally they have like some sort of Frankenstein thing in the basement where they just keep churning them out. Mm-hmm. Churning them out. Well, you know, I used to, you know, it was like schools like Browning in New York. I, I, there's a, there used to be this tunnel on the way to Walton Rink, and every year somebody would walk in there and paint in big yellow letters, a boner is a Browning boy's best pal. So year after year, somebody would keep renewing that. And like in letters that were like, you know, a couple feet high that went through the entire tunnel as you were going you know, west to east through this tunnel on the way to Walman Rink. It's crack me up. But now, okay, I'm thinking to myself, all right, Sean's there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. Now we we got we're on the inside now. It's oh, like having somebody on the inside, yeah. baby. But not just on the Beautiful. inside down the line after they've already you got somebody on the inside when it's when it's being, you know, mm-hmm. when the whole thing's being concocted, when their their fragile young minds are still being, you know, still manipulatable, <laughs> <laughs> malleable. Yeah, malleable. That's it. Fungible, fungible. You know. So I'm psyched about that. I that's a really cool thing, and I'm super duper grateful for Sean putting that one together for me. Before that, yeah, the great one, Steve Morse. That is the Steve Morse band doing the song Refried Funky Chicken. Now, that originally is a Dixie Drag song, and it was actually, this version is the Steve Morse band. So it is Steve Morse, and it's the first incarnation of the band. Mm-hmm. So it's Steve Morse on guitar, Jerry Peake 
on on bass. Like he only played on the first two uh, mm-hmm. albums. This guy's incredible. He's just incredible. And he decided he didn't want to play music professionally anymore. He does graphic design in Atlanta. That's what Rod was telling me. And of mm-hmm. course, on drums, Rod Morgancy. Now, this particular uh, version is from a German TV show. It's done. This was done in 1984. The show is called Own Filter. O H N E Filter. Okay. And they performed on that. It is. It's a. You know, there's there's uh, videos of it uh, that are on YouTube. Um, it's killer stuff. Now, I saw the Dregs a number of times, and then you know, I saw them at the Beacon. You know, it's another one of the shows I see at the Beacon. So I saw them at the Hoople this time around. Saw the Dregs at the Beacon mm-hmm. back on their Unsung Heroes tour or something. Okay, when the Dregs broke up after Industry Standard, Steve Moore started the Steve Moore's band. It was Steve. Rob Morgenstein, who was the drummer for Dixie Drakes, and this guy, Jerry Peake. Uh, uh, Andy West uh, literally went west mm-hmm. and was doing some stuff out there. And so they did their first two albums, which is uh, the introduction and, I believe, stand-up were the first two albums. Now, the song Refried Funky Chicken mm-hmm. is the first when Dixie Drakes got together at University of Miami's music school, okay, mm-hmm. which has churned out, you know, some incredible musicians, okay? Jaco Pastorius, I, you know, Tom Semioli. There you go. You know, there's a right. there you go. You like that connection mm-hmm. right there? Hooking it up, baby. All right. They recorded, while they were still in college, an album called The Great Spectacular. All okay? right. And it's the first thing they ever put together. The first studio album they did was called Freefall. Refried Funky Chicken, that song, Okay, is the first song on the first side of the Great Spectacular. It's the first song that they ever did. Okay. Then they came out. They also put that on the first studio album. I moved out to Hawaii, and when I was out there for a little while, I uh, like I moved out with a duffel bag, man. And I did. There's no radio stations to listen to. I had nothing. I had no music. The only music that I could listen to was. There was no cable television. You had to have satellite TV, by the way. Mm-hmm. Okay? that's I was in a pretty fucking remote place. I was an hour from the nearest stoplight. Okay? So, and you know, you're talking about a 14,000, well, it's a 34,000 foot mountain, 14,000 above sea level. Mm-hmm. There's, there are no radio stations. There's nothing. So I had to get satellite TV. And so part of the dish package I got were serious XM music channels. Mm-hmm. That was all I had to listen to. That was it. I didn't have anything else. I didn't even have a laptop yet. Okay? All right. I, I had put everything in storage. And one of the inspirations for this show was Sirius XM's music channels because every single one of them was pigeonholed, I will say. All right. You have the Rock Channel. They have a Grateful Dead channel. And there's some great channels out there. Little Stevens Underground. You know, and I, I, what I did, you know, and then there was a great uh, old school channel. Friday and Saturday nights, they would do shit like that uh, BLS and Kiss FM in New York used to do with DJ Red Alert, DJ Chuck Chill Out, and those guys. They would literally do a mix show. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and this is, these are the best in the world. They, they had those guys on Sirius XM. They would bring them in. It's pretty cool on Friday and Saturday nights. But each channel was, they had a fucking Springsteen channel. All right. I like Springsteen. 
Yeah. For a little I while. Mean, yeah, yeah. I like, I like Sinatra. Sure. For a little while. Yeah. A couple of songs. Come on, man. You know, I yeah. like bluegrass. I like reggae. Mm-hmm. I like garage rock. I like heavy metal. I mm-hmm. like, okay. Where's the station that plays all that shit, you motherfuckers? Right. Oh, I'm sorry. I found it. Right. SoFloRadio.com. That's right here on this show. Right here on this show. That was really one of the things that inspired me to do this. And when I was out there, I'd been out there maybe two, three months or something. And I called my brother, Dan, mm-hmm. on the phone. And I'm telling him, oh, you know, we were talking about various things. And I brought up the Dixie Dregs. He goes, oh, you know, Rob Morgenstein's a client. He's, he's, you know, part of the Modern Works family because he, he is now playing with Winger. And he's like, you know, him, you know, the band, as well as the individual members, you know, Kip Winger is a phenomenal musician. Also an incredibly nice guy. He's been really, really nice to me over the years, man. He's got a, uh, an, uh, a uh, play, a musical that he's been doing uh, called Jack, about Jack the Ripper and shit. And he's written the music to that. It's pretty cool. It's coming out. He actually won, he finally won a Grammy for music, for, uh, doing the music for a ballet. All right. This is the guitar player from Winger. So that ought to tell you the breadth of this guy's skill. And he's, but Danny goes, oh, yeah, yeah. I I was like, you are fucking kidding me. And, oh, this is how it came up. I go with my friend in Tacona. Mm -hmm. And he had to buy books. He was in, he was taking college courses. And he had, so we stopped off and there was one like Barnes and Noble in Kona, and they have the book section, and upstairs they had the CD section, they had the music section. Mm-hmm. So he's off buying his book, so I wandered upstairs, flicked through the CDs, and there's the brand new, hot off the presses, Steve Moore's band CD. Now, the CD's out there, so it's 20 bucks for a CD out there, because it's, you know, right. the middle of the, and I, I was like, oh my, brand new, mm-hmm. didn't even, uh, grab it, go up to the counter, buy it. Then it occurs to me, whoops, I got nothing to listen to it on. I, had, I was like, <laughs> now so you got to go buy so a I told Alan, that's exactly, I said, Alan, we got to go to Walmart. I bought myself like a 30, you know, 30, $40 little boom box. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had one CD. Yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> and the boom box that got no radio stations. There's no radio stations. I, I lived in a place where the, we had one. Yeah, the, Montana. The one, the right one that I worked at. In right, yeah, exactly. Okay. So when I, I'm on the phone with Dan, I said, oh, you know, I was telling him the story about how I just bought the most expensive CD in my life. It mm-hmm. was a 50, 50 some odd dollar CD. Right. And I told mm-hmm. him the whole story. And he goes, oh, and that's when he goes, oh, you know, Rod's part of Modern Works family. I'm like, you know, how could you not have told me? You know, he's like, well, you know, it's this, I've been busy. He was testing, you know, all this shit. All right. About uh, three, four weeks later, maybe within a month, mm-hmm. I, get a, I was like, hey, man, you know, if you got anything laying around, send it to me. Well, apparently he did. All right. He got, I guess he got on the phone and got Rod and told Rod the story. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's about how I just, you know, that like I was such a rabid fan that I literally bought the CD and then didn't realize I had nothing to play it on. So I went out and bought something just to play this one CD. Mm-hmm. The one CD. About a month later, I get a package in the mail from my brother. There are two CDs in there. One is the brand new, um, he does something with uh, uh, Jordan Rudis, who's a keyboard player. It's the Morgan Scene Rudis Project. And uh, mm-hmm. Rudis played with, uh, 
uh, Flying Colors. He plays with all, all kinds. He's, you know, progressive rock has now become incestuous because you can't make money recording music. So everybody tours with everybody else. You've got 15,000 different bands. Jordan Roos is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dream Theater, you know, those guys, you know, you got, you know, which, which goes back to John Myung from, you know, there's, there's all a tie in it. So there's a brand new CD from them, and it's autographed mm-hmm. by Rod. The other CD that was in there was an original pressing of the CD, The Great Spectacular, the Dixie Dregs' very first CD. And the first song was Refried Funky Chicken. And Rod had sent it around to the four living members, mm-hmm. and each one of them autographed it for me. Steve Morse drew a little picture awesome. of a guitar on very that. Nice. That's very nice. Yeah. And I called my brother up. I said, I was practically in tears because it meant so much mm-hmm. at that time. But that he thought, that he, you know, they sent it around. I mean, how much trouble was it for them? Did you sign it? Nothing. But the fact that they thought to do it mm-hmm. and to get that CD there. And I already I was familiar with the CD. I had it, but it was a storage. Yeah, it was a storage. You know, and I hadn't I hadn't brought out my you know a uh, my computer. Okay, I left the hard drive because I knew I was going to have to get a laptop. So I didn't have anything. I had nothing, nothing. And when I got that, it was like getting everything. It was like getting everything. I must have listened to that shit. I okay. Eventually, I started. You know, I figured out how to use Kazaa, and now I was off to the races. So yeah, that was that. But that meant so much, and so you know, when I when we you know decided to do the show, I got in touch with him. I said, "Hey, not for nothing, would you like do a little spot for me?" Mm-hmm. And so he did that little cue, and he did that for the very first show. I hadn't even done a show yet. That's that's great. that is that's what. Life. That's graciousness. Mm-hmm. The whole band, Steve Morris, these guys, in the humble genius department, these guys mm. are way up there. You know, I, I saw when Winger played down here for like one of these 80s rock things, you know, I get artist passes and shit. And so at some point later on, you know, I'm standing, you know, I'm like literally on the side of the stage. They come off and I, I turn to Kip Winger. I went, man, I forgot how much of a monster drummer, Rob mm-hmm. Morgan, he goes, yeah, it's like he's got a separate brain for each limb. It's truly unbelievable. You just can't. That's awesome. So, yeah, I just, that's one of those things. I, I'll never tire of telling that story. I'll never tire of that. Before that, I love this song. I've played it a number of times, and I'll play it again, mm-hmm. okay? It is Banjo Picking Girl by this gal named Annie Stananik, okay? This it's one of these things I stumbled across on YouTube. It's her. She sets up a little camera. You see her walk over. She sits down on like the steps on like the side of her house. Mm-hmm. It's her with a banjo and her two small kids. Also, <laughs> you can hear them if you listen. They're clapping in the background, the two That's small awesome. kids. And she just sits down, plays a song. That's great. I know. I, I eat that shit up. The first song that we played today was by Tessie Sell. Okay, mm-hmm. I know her from the neighborhood. She's now out in St. Louis. And it's uh, down by the river. Same thing. She goes, she, this, it's, you can actually, if you listen really closely to the song, you can hear the wind blowing because she's sitting out in the middle of the woods mm. with a ukulele and an iPhone. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't get enough of that crap. Before that, 
Okay, focus, hocus pocus, live. This from 1973 from a show called The Midnight Special. Now, the the, the this song was in this instance was introduced by uh, Gladys Knight. She was like a guest host or whatever. But this is, there's a video of this. You can see it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. These guys, whenever they would play one of their songs, okay, this is complicated shit. These guys are doing. This is these are serious musicians. I mean, Jan Ackerman's one of my ten favorite guitar players. Okay, mm. he's still out there now. You know, rotating younger musicians through his band and then sending them off into the world, like John Schofield does. Mm. Okay, and but just back in 1973, matter of fact, Brian May from Queen mm. said the first guitar player he ever met, like after he had. You know, after Queen had like made a bit of a name for themselves, he said he had never felt as intimidated by another guitarist as he was when he met Jan Ackerman from Focus. He's like, that was intimidating. He's like, he, as a guitar player, when you hear the stuff that he's doing, mm-hmm. it is so precise, so complex, and yet seems mm. so random. Yeah. You know? And so this. Everything is faster. It, mm-hmm. Like, you don't think you can play the shit that they do faster than they do on a studio album? Yeah, they do. And they don't. And it is tight, 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 tight. They don't fuck around. And this Van Leer, who is the organ player, the flautist, the whistler, and the singer. Mm-hmm. You got to watch the video because the expressions on his face. All right. Out of his mind. Out of his mind. Complete bonkers. Okay. It's worth it. It's almost worth it to watch the video even without the music. All Just right. to see him. I'll check it's it out. It's wild. Kicking on before that, of course, you know, stealing from me again. But it's all right, baby. Bill Hader from SNL. What's your puppet's name? Tony. <laughs> he grabbed that thing from me, uh, me so horny theolioma, man. Yeah. Yeah, when the overwhelming urge to prostitute yourself causes you to join a class action lawsuit. Mesohornithelioma. Oi. Yeah. The other word, what was the other word? Uh, Sisophistication. Sisophistication. Mm. Perfecting the art of pursuing the impossible. There you go. So those were the words. Kicking off the set. Yeah. Adam Rogers. Dice. That's the last CD he came out with in 2017. And I'm glad to say that he... When uh, right before he came out with uh, this particular CD, yeah, he became a member of the Modern Works family. My brother now represents my old friend Adam Rogers. I, I love that shit. I love that shit. I fucking, awesome. I love it. Right? He's played with everybody. Uh, I played him before. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be. I know he's coming out with some new stuff soon. But I've mm-hmm. known Adam for 45 years. I know about. I've known Adam for 40. Excuse me. 43, 42, 43 years now. All right. All right. That's a long time, man. You know? And, you know, I, he sent me all the stuff, and so I went through it, because I've, I've got a whole bunch of stuff by him. And I was originally going to play the Jeff Becking Freeway Jam from Beck Tribute that he's on, with, like, everyone at the rest of all these guitar players, you know, Frank Gambali and Steve Morris and Steve Lukather and, you know, Altimiola. It's like this Robin Ford... And Gary Hoey, all these guys, they're like this rotating crop of guitar players that do every single damn tribute album out there. And they're all great, all right? He's one of those guys, man, you know? 
So I always thought that was cool. The song is called Elephant. It's from Dice. And it came out 2017. The reviews for this were, you know, like Relic Magazine and jazz, Modern Jazz Magazine were like, just they, they were off their rockers about it. One person, you know, and Adam had said that he was, well, was looking for some, you know, he wanted to go back to some of his influences. When we were kids, it was all about like Hendrix and Parliament Funkadelic. That's what we were listening to. <laughs> right. Hendrix, Zeppelin, and Parliament Funkadelic. All right. Okay? And he's like, I wanted to go back to my roots and stuff like that. And somebody wrote in a review, Hendrix would be quite all right with this. You know? Okay. Very good. I don't know what else you could, you know, this is from like Modern Jazz Player Magazine or some shit. They were like, yeah, Hendrix would approve. Okay. That's good enough. I don't need to read anything. After after that, I stopped reading. There was nothing else, man. Yeah. A hundred in the books. A hundred. I don't even know what the fuck. That's an even. Yeah, I got, you know, I was just up in New York, and shout out to my mom, okay, once again, the smoked fish smorgasbord. I walk in the door. When I, I get off the plane, I got, got to my mom. It was like 5.30 or something in the afternoon. Walk in, how you doing? And I down, and you know, I sit down. She goes, "Take a look at this." I go, "What?" Is she goes, "It's a two hundred and sixty-four dollar receipt from Fairway." I went, "Really?" She goes, "Oh yeah." Liptauer cheese, nice. Yeah, white fish salad. All right, a couple of steaks that were, oh yeah, <laughs> all the stuff that I love, man. Smoked salmon, all the all the stuff that I love. She got me the Tate's. I love these cookies for these chocolate chip cookies. Tate's thin chocolate chip cookies. Man, this shit is good. They're the best. They're, they're great. She's like, yeah, here you go. I was like, thank you, Mom. I said, she's like, yeah, well, now that you've seen that, see all these books up here on the shelves? Yeah. You're going to want to set aside a couple hours on Tuesday because we're boxing them up. I went, okay. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The shit I will do for smoked fish, okay? All I'll right. jump through hoops, baby. I will jump through All right. So, you know, I'm, I got gratitude out to Yin Yang, pal. I am right back at you. stuffed to the hill. You know, I fell ass backwards in the greatness with you. I, you know, special Shucks. shout out to Kent Bam Bam Blankenship. He was on the show that was on, he was on a show mm-hmm. that was on SoFoRadio.com. Some chick that used to do a show. Uh-huh. Right? And that's how I found out about it. He said, hey, I just did this interview and blah, blah. And I said, you know what? Maybe it's about time. I mean, if if he could do it. Yeah. No offense, Kent. I'm just saying, you know, you're local guy. You're, you know, I know you from, from the, the bands at Cagney's and shit. I was like, all right, I'll make the phone call. I had a lot of bands on. Yeah. And I'll make all that. the time. I said, yeah. I'll make the phone call. Great. Yeah. And I did. And here we are. Here we are. Hundred shows. Who to thunk shows. it? Yeah, man. Not me. Not me either. <laughs> I really. I'll tell you straight up. Right. I did. Although I will give credit to Ron Sunshine, who after I did like the fourth to fifth show, he goes, "Whoever let you do this?" You know, he's like, "Whoever he's like is you know is a fucking god." <laughs> no, he goes, "It's fucking brilliant. Whoever let you do this is fucking brilliant." That's great. That's what Ron right. Sunshine said to me. Thank I'm, you, Ron. Thanks, Ron. That was that that's, was that's when the I, inspiration. That you was to do. I swear to God. Yeah. That and uh, and Don McLeod going, you know, just keep doing it. You won't recognize show number five. After right. You're done. No, they're all right. That's exactly you know? right. But also, 
much everybody, man. Yeah. All of the friends, family and shit, you know, have been... They've, they've all, you know, just they've, they've all supported it, man. They all, you know, none of them listen to all the shows in their entirety ever. They listen to bits and pieces of it, right? I don't care. I'm doing it, you know. I met, I like, I met Mark Vallott in New York. Mm-hmm. That's my target audience. Somebody was enthusiastic about the show as I am, which he was, which freaked hey, me Mark. out, you know. But they're... We're going to keep doing this, man. Great. We're going to take a break, though. Take a break for a couple of weeks, man. You know, yeah. four weeks. Yeah, whatever. We'll see you in January yeah, we'll see sometime. You. We'll see you next year, pal. See you next year with that action. But, um, I, you know, I'm just, I, literally, that's why. No, I, what a sense of accomplishment. It is. I, I feel like it, and I couldn't have done it without you. Seriously, oh, you know, you, right back you, can ask, you. you can act humble till the cows come home. But at the end of the day. I'm in a tall weeds without you because you actually know what you're doing. I'll sit at home and be like, hey, wouldn't this sound great? And then you're like, well, this is how you actually have to do it in order to make sure, okay? All of the things that get done that make the show, okay, you know what it is. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah, you know. And now you're going to come skating and see what what I'm actually good at. (laughs) With eight tracks to slide and eight wheels to glide. Yeah, woo! Yeah, I'm going to go roller skating, man. I need to get my yeah. my mom was telling me about that. She said, you, you know, because oh, I told her what I bought to when I got have, the bicycle. Things. You're going to have tales to tell from Thursday because it's a scene. Oh, I would imagine. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm Look, my boy Butch Ford used to be one yeah. of the, the major skaters at uh, at the place in New York, you know. And uh, we'll go on one of the nights when uh, the 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 regular. Uh, he used to do th- Thursday nights on a regular basis, but now he just does every other Thursday night. All right, All right? and he's and a good he's DJ. The, he's the he's a great DJ. He does the the wonderful skate mixes oh, uh, yeah. and clever things. Garland Jeffries, and, and wild his, in the street, and his baby. name. I met him. And his name is George Rodriguez. Oh, I shit you not. Oh no, with a G because he's a you know because he's a first generation American. From, of Cuban descent, George Rodriguez, and since I was born on the that's end, that's how it works. Yeah, that is great. That's, George Rodriguez's are great. So, uh, yeah, you'll love. Oh, it. We'll do. I'm doing. You'll it. Love the scene. Oh yeah, I'm all over the skating. Really I groovy skating. I used to skate at Walnut Rink two, three okay. times a week. I've great. always done. But enough about skating. I tangented you. No, I like I, that shit, man. I'm, I'm into so, it. But thank you. You were gushing all over me. I decided to start bragging. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. I, uh, it's a wonderful partnership. Yeah, I love this shit, man. And you know, hey, man. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't you're even, all speechless now. I, yeah, I don't even know what to say, man. I mean, you're a really good None friend of, of mine, man. And, and right back at you. Thank you, you know, for everything. I love your kid. You. I love all the shit you have just. You always see. That's the thing. I don't know jack shit about down here. You've got the history. You've got like Churchill's as yeah. a parent. Oh, that's a that's on the list. I know. I can see you're gonna, the, yeah, you. Yeah, got a long list today. Good. I got a, a shit to do. That's right. But um, so what we're gonna do is get you out of here with a little binky grip tight. It's a great song. It's called Stone Soul Christmas Stereo. Daptone Records. Uh, I'm not sure if they're even still in existence. But this back from what, it's about 10 years ago, I guess he put this out. There is so much great stuff on this label. But I'll tell you something. Yeah, 100 in the can, man. I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm full of gratitude. I am just, it's it's. Ditto, kiddo. It's oozing out of me. I'm gonna have to. 
I'm going to have to keep the, the car windows yeah. down because I'm going to be... Because of the ooze? Yeah, man. It's got to go flying out on 995 right. on my own. All right. As always. Put a, put a towel down. I'll, I will. I'll lend you one. A little, a little dribble cuff. Yes. A little dribble cuff. As always, for myself and Gramps Master Flash, my friend George Rodriguez, it is aloha and peace. Good night, Mom. Don't you know it's Christmas?